Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Rulo. It is Tuesday, July 14th. I am joined, as always, by my cohorts, Eris Tejeda. How are you doing, Eris? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you? I'm all right. That's good. <laughs> and uh, Victor Ramoy, Victor, how are we? Splendid, man. Nice. That's what I like to hear. Splendid, as always. And we are joined today by a very special guest, our friend, Angela Marandella. Angela, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Tell us, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, long-time listener. Nice. Pretty big fan. First-time guest host. Pretty right. excited for uh, this evening's topics. You have been um, following us relentlessly on Facebook, been. Twitter, yes. outside of our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been freaking me out. Yeah, it's frankly. really weird. <laughs> um, we're actually all tied up right now, uh, except for Angela. So... Can, we have can, to do what she says. Can you just please give us a swig of water <laughs> once in a while? I, I mean, that would be very helpful. Maybe. I'll see what I can do. I'll uh, see what I'll muster up. I'm a pretty aggressive fan, I have to say. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Um, according to Angela, today's topic is going to be uh, a little bit of Comic-Con that's been happening this past week. We're going to yeah. talk about some books that we've uh, we've all been reading. And um, it's just some news that we're going to sprinkle in there that's been dropping over the past few weeks. So, um... Before we get into that, uh, Aris, how uh, have you been? Past week, what you been up to? Been good? good, man. Yeah, no, my week was my weekend was good. Uh, a little partying. Wow. Went Ooh. to uh, nah, don't 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 get it don't get crazy. <laughs> it wasn't nothing crazy. My buddy's uh, son just turned one. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to uh, Emmanuel. Yeah, yeah, I Very little man's cool little kid. Shout out. My daughter likes hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have to put a stop to that. Oh, wow. Quick. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> I don't need no fraternizing with no right, boys. Right. That's that's a, diff- that's a difficult age. Once they hit one, that's when all the hormones just start flying. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I was yeah. keeping an eye on that kid. Good, good idea. Say that. Good idea. Right. Happy birthday to him. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed myself. Got to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, his parents did an awesome job with the party. Had like a nautical theme. They were wearing this really cute hats, and they were like matching and stuff. It's water, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like water. Yeah, yeah. It's nautical. It's not, it's not kinky. It's just water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, anything can be if you really want it, I suppose. But that's cool. Then, uh, you know, watched watched a movie. I, I did watch a movie yeah? over the weekend. What'd you say? Mad Max Fury Road! Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh. So we now all see it, so now we can talk about it yes. to the nth degree. How did you, what did you, did you like it? It was amazing. Yeah. I loved it so much. I was actually very concerned there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our football captain, John, will be very happy that I was finally impressed by something yep. in this world. So, yep. uh, yeah, I thought that the film was. Uh, <sighs> It, it, it was. It, it, I don't think it was transcendent. It was not T two. No, but not not. But yet. I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. Uh, the action scenes were fantastic. They were crisp. The movie was not too long. It did not overstay its welcome. Mad Max said like two things the entire time, and that mm. was fine with me. Yep. Hey, Sam Worthington. He's all right. Who? That that wait. Was, nope. What? Wait. <laughs> Tom Hardy. I got those two confused there for a minute. How Tom Hardy we? was awesome. Uh, we just talking, what happened to Sam? We were, we were just talking about this at work the other day. What happened to Sam Worthington? Mm-hmm. He was in the biggest movie of all time. Right. You don't know? He's a manager at a Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw him in a poster for something that uh, I did not click to watch a trailer. For. <laughs> <laughs> he was, in, was he? Was he? 
No, that was uh, that was no, that was not him. Nope, it wasn't. Costco. Anyway, uh, stop by there. Imperator Furioso was the best character in that movie. Whoa. They did a fantastic job. Now that's how you make a female protagonist. That is how you do it. Angela, is that true? It is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. She had one arm, I have no and complaints. she was BA, and she yep. kicked as much ass, if not more, than Mad Max. At one point, she ripped the dude's face off. His face. She did. It was off. Yeah, it was right off. One minute it was there, <laughs> then it was off. And it wasn't the cool Nick Cage John Travolta nope. kind of ripping faces off. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It was like a terrible, painful <laughs> ripping of face. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, highly recommended. What you two fellas said about that movie was 100% dead on. Not that the Codex Prime podcast is ever wrong. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Oh, what did we just call this past week? Uh, what Blade? We, we called oh, yes. Blade? Oh, that's, that's right. right. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally called Blade. Blade. Reports are in talks to, Listen, to play Marvel, Blade again. Marvel heard the podcast right. and said, wait, they would pay to see Blade. Mm-hmm. As Wesley Snipes? <laughs> All day. We probably have to pay him like nickels. Yeah. Let's make oh, that happen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's like bologna sandwiches or something on set. He's down. They might have to film outside of the United States, however. But I'm sure that I heard he was like a wicked huge diva during the filming of those movies. I think we might have talked about that in one of the episodes, didn't we? You might have mentioned it. No, we talked more about like David Goyer's uh, contributions to the series. Oh, yeah, he's awful. He's terrible. God, I hate David Goyer. He's so crap. Anyway, yeah. um, I would love to see Wesley Snipes' Blade. Yeah, yeah Blade Four. Bring it. Yeah, they just introduced his daughter in the comics. That might be cool. Oh. Female Blade. Yeah. Femme Blade. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah. That's not that 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 would be okay. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh, so you know. Free Wesley Snipes. My weekend was fun. It was productive. I got a lot done in the house. It's yep. almost done. Just need to put like frames up and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, play a little football. Sweet. Oh yeah, we got that we got our world championships on Sunday. That's right. So wish oh. us all luck. Mm-hmm. Not gonna mm-hmm. need it. Be awesome, yeah, it's fantastic. Take this league by storm, yeah. So, Angela, what have you been up to? See anything, any good movies lately? Uh, not this weekend. I actually didn't watch it. I was supposed to see The Gallows on Friday, mm. uh, that new horror movie, but Detroit, Babadook that was your recommendation. That was, yes. yes, and that was, I did love that. That was a good one. Um, but we did not see The Gallows. I do not regret it because the reviews are pretty horrible. <laughs> I think it was like 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is usually what I mm-hmm. use um, to figure out whether or, um, or not I'm going to see a movie. So I'm not going to see it, I don't think. Um, but on Saturday, my brother and I went up to Boston and we saw U2. Ooh, Ooh nice. And wow, that, nice. That was awesome. I think that was our fifth time seeing them holy smokes so wow. it was good yeah that they're my favorite so it was I love you too so much <laughs> it was so fun i love them so much it was so good and uh yeah so that it, it was a pretty nice weekend pretty low-key sunday went to uh, vermont for a little bit did some kayaking some swimming that's cool yeah it's a busy weekend but it's really good God, you're making all our weekends so far sound stupid. right all i did was I watch know. batman the animated series all weekend which is way better than everything you just said yeah, pretty still. much <laughs> yeah uh. well see i didn't do that that's the one thing i didn't do right well you missed out i know apparently so that's what i did this past weekend i watched a lot of batman the animated series so good hung out with a few friends but uh batman the animated series is the reason i'm a bat i'm a batman guy to this day um that was just so good. God, growing up, that was so good. It was. And the Superman the Animated Series is probably, in my opinion, the best Superman media out there. I think that it, Bruce Timmy, they can't do wrong in my eyes. 
He did so good with that. What do you think, Harris? <laughs> you agreed with me when I was talking about you this week. I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, there's really not a lot of good Superman. That's true. Media. That's but that for me that was. But tops. that was good. I remember yeah. watching that as a kid and not hating it. Yeah. Just watching um, it back as an adult, I was like, wow, this is still really good. I watched the first episode when mm-hmm. when I saw you post on Facebook that Amazon Prime Instant had <laughs> that. I'm like, what? <laughs> And I immediately went and added it to my queue, and I watched the first episode of Batman the Animated Series. And the thing that struck me, the animation for that still holds up, yeah. like really well. Yeah. They did. It's like one of those. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't realize that the animation for that specific show was kind of like that old timey WB, like old school animation, where it's kind of pretty super detailed mm-hmm. in a lot of places. And uh, it also made me realize that. The old uh, Spider-Man animated series looks like total crap because they cheaped out on the animation. Yeah. For that Except show. when he was web-slinging through the city, that was pretty cool because that was like 3D. Yeah, I that was pretty cool. Mm, which one are you? I'm talking about the old, old one that was on Fox at the same time as the X-Men. I don't remember any 3D in yeah. that joint. There was that 3D little, in it? Was there really? Well, very well, it wasn't necessarily like 3D. Okay, but I'll I'll find a clip of it. But yeah, but yeah, the, yeah I know the what you mean. Like, yeah, pales in comparison. Yeah, I wasn't because I know in the Batman they. Halfway through, they like swapped the animated style to mm-hmm. match more of Superman and just what they were planning to do with Justice League. And yeah, like, they, it still looked they, okay, but the original Batman is so good. And it's just, the show that we just dropped you, it's like it just drops you in. And I can't even like remember watching this as a kid, but it's just like he's Batman. He's just Batman. Yeah, there's no origin. He's Batman. Yeah, it was dope. Then Robin's in the second season, and then he's not there. I mean, the second episode, and he's gone for a while. Yeah, we're still Batman. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love every second of it. Like the, the, the second episode is Joker escaping from Arkham Asylum on a rocket Christmas tree. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. You can't beat that. So yeah, uh, true. yeah that was a, that was my big watch, and I'll be I'll be continuing that, and then moving on to Superman pretty soon, sharing my thoughts as it progresses. David Conroy's Batman. And Bruce Wayne voices are way better than Kevin Conroy. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, what did I say? David. David Conroy. Whatever. Kevin. David. David. Same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, and he. Uh, it was just hilarious because he's he, he's he did a different voice for Batman and Bruce Wayne, and there's a scene where he's Batman, he's talking in the Batman voice, yeah. and then he answers the phone as Bruce Wayne. And he goes, "What's up, Doc?" <laughs> like, and you're seeing Batman. I I cracked up. It was fantastic. Yeah, hearing that voice come from Batman was pretty funny. Yeah, so if any of our listeners have ever seen Batman the Animated Series, you have to watch it. It's just incredible. It's an Amazon Prime Instant Video. Yeah. Get Prime. Tomorrow's Prime Day, so oh, you definitely want it. Right, Prime yeah. Day. I can't wait. Yeah, so when this when you're listening to this episode, go on Amazon Prime, because it's Prime Day. It's their 20th anniversary, and they're going to have bigger sales than Black Friday. Supposedly. Oh, that's According to them, yeah. We'll yeah. So I'm probably just going to go on and buy the uh, animated series on DVD or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, get a Kindle, finally. Yeah, I probably should. I'll get around to it. I get a lot. I get a lot harder. Listen, they're literally going to be like fifty cents tomorrow. <laughs> God, I'll wait till like, but it might come lower to twenty five cents. We'll see. We'll oh, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Vic, what you been up to? Oh, man, I had a pretty good week actually. Um, mm-hmm. Last week, Barnes and Noble started their annual uh, Criterion Collection sale. 50 oh my God, Victor fi- loves the Criterion Collection yes. so much. Oh yes, Explain yes this I do. Collection to us, please. Um, the Criterion Collection is a series of uh, Blu-rays and DVDs, mm-hmm. a collection of all uh, classic films and world cinema, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as some pretty well-known ones from time to time. And every every July and November, Barnes and Noble has fifty percent off of all their Blu-rays and DVDs. And I went to town. I decided to splurge, <laughs> and I bought, I bought a smorgasbord of uh, new Criterion's. I, a couple of which I've watched, and I highly recommend. Um, 
Two in particular, one is uh, My Darling Clementine, which is a classic uh, John Ford Western starring Henry Fonda. Mm -hmm. It's a fictionalized version of uh, Wyatt Earp and his life. Okay. And a shootout at the OK Corral, which is pretty cool. Um, another one I bought uh, was this um, uh, this old uh, this old classic uh, film. Well, this this classic screwball comedy uh, by Preston Sturges called Sullivan's Travels, mm -hmm. which is a pretty cool one uh, as well. It's about this uh, writer who's uh, basically he's trying to write uh, an important movie, and he wants to get away from writing broad comedies, and uh, he wants to like figure out the struggles of the common man. So he ends up getting in involved in like some kind of. Uh, Situation where, where he's on a road trip. He's she's uh, he's traveling with this aspiring actress, and then they get into some shenanigans where he ends up he ends up. Getting I always into, like shenanigans. I'm just gonna throw yeah, that out there. He ends up getting into loads of trouble, and then he learns about the struggles of the common man the hard way. Uh-huh. And uh, that, I can tell him all about that. Yeah, I and it, with it every day. Oh yeah, and it's I, so say we all. And it's a <laughs> it's a really good movie. Uh, yeah. Sullivan's Travels. I recommend that. Um, there was also one other movie that I uh, rented from Netflix, uh, Blu-ray, which I highly recommend. It's an Argentinian film called Wild Tales. And that movie is freaking crazy. <laughs> it lives up to its title. I mean, Wild Tales, it's, um, it was one of the... Uh, not DuckTales? No, not DuckTales. Is it as crazy as Kung Fury? Uh, in its own way. Not, not, maybe not as outlandish, but... Uh, Wild Tales, it was uh, uh, one of the foreign language uh, Oscar nominees of uh, okay. this year. And it's, it's a, in, this film uh, uh, shows six separate stories, standalone stories, about really vindictive people. And, mm. and, it's, and it's in Spanish. And the stories, like the scenarios are just off the wall. You're sitting there. It's like a black comedy. Mm -hmm. And like there's, there's, for example, there's one scenario which deals with a serious case of road rage. And the, as you're watching it, it's just hilarious and, and disturbing at the same time. You have another scenario where there's this uh, pent-up uh, this, this average Joe who's like a struggling father who's like being shafted by, you know, the bureaucracy everywhere he goes and he decides to take matters into his own hands. And then the last, uh, the last story that's depicted in the film is the most awkward wedding ever, which... Uh, well, you know, let's just say that let's just say that the 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 bride doesn't take too kindly to the fact that one of the guests slept with her husband. Ooh. And so uh, how she handles it, she doesn't handle it too well. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so that's one movie I highly recommend. Nice. Um, you said you got that delivered from Netflix? Yeah. It was on the instant stream? It was not on instant stream, but they'll probably put it up there eventually. Wait, um, you got the, the DVD? No, the Blu-ray. Oh, the of course the Blu-ray. Yeah. I, I both have Blu-ray and uh, streaming. They should put that shit on the stream. What are they thinking? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that that was still a part of the service. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but get both. You said you because it was eight dollars for everything, and then yeah. they increased it right to get mm -hmm. like the one DVD. Huh. Yep. But for a movie buff such as you, yeah, it's totally worth it. Oh, absolutely. Do you, do you Because I know you have the book. The you have the same. The, Angela, you have the same one. The one book. One thousand one books to watch before you die. Do you yeah. check those off as you watch them in there? I do, yeah. Nice. I have been. I actually yeah. saw one of the movies on there that I've been trying to watch forever, but that was just on, I want to say Hulu. Mm -hmm. Hulu has a bunch of like cool horror movies, so I saw Diabolique for the first time. Nice. A couple weeks ago, and that was awesome. Was it terrifying? Um, You know, it's it's hard to, to gauge with... Did you watch it during the day? I did. Nah, that's funny. I did, but it, I think it was rainy. I don't know. <laughs> 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 that's easy for But it was good. It was really, really good. I was glad I got to see it. Hulu nice. has a bunch of different ones. But I actually got a movie sent in the mail, too. I totally had forgotten that uh, my friend Kara 
uh, from Boston had sent me, um, I don't know if it's the Criterion Collection edition version of Fifty Shades of Grey. She sent me the, both the Blu-ray and the DVD out of nowhere. Uh, review to come. Uh, I, I, have not, I have not watched it. Is it still it. sealed in the envelope? <laughs> it's just kind of been sitting there, although my, my brother uh, loves it. <laughs> Oh, it is, he says, the funniest movie of uh, whenever it came out. It was in, <laughs> I think it came out recently, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that went huh. quick to blur it, but I have, I have not read it, but, or Ooh. watched it. Well, do you expect an email to the show? I will, I'm going to. That's very important for us, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, Barnes & Noble, they have a couple things, because they also have, they just had DC Day. Yep. So they had, the reason I went the other day and bought a few was you buy two graphic novels from DC, get the third one free. Mm -hmm. So I actually yeah. bought a bunch of, um, excuse me, I was going to bump do my things, Earth One comic books. And for those who don't know what Earth One is, it's uh, DC's, similar to like the Ultimate Universe in Marvel, where it's like its own separate continuity Earth, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of not be structured by the shackles of the original you know, stories, and I'm actually still looking for, I didn't realize they had Teen Titans about Earth 1, but I'm looking for Batman Volume 1. How many reboots does DZ have? It's not really, it's just Didn't like they just do that for the New 52? Yeah, but they just do, these only come out once every great while. So like, Bat, uh, Superman Volume 1 came out in like 2011, which I actually read way back when, and then I kind of lost track, and then Volume 2 came out in like 2014. So they, only, they don't release them often, so... These are actually pretty good. Uh, I mean, the the front of Superman says, um, "What do you get when you combine Twilight and a classic superhero, the new Superman?" Don't that I don't. Uh, why, why would you put wow. that on the cover? Why would you put that on the cover? Why would you put that on the cover? They, two terrible things and you mash them together. <laughs> I wasn't very happy about that. My God, but it was uh, tears, Harris, but it was buy two get one free. And there's Batman Volume Two in there, and I will find Volume One probably on Amazon or something. But. But Barnes & Noble does have a few, you know, a so good basically go they're like, going on. what if you combine pickles and peanut butter? That's actually not that much. That sounds gross. <laughs> um, one of the weird things that I did see when I was in Barnes & Noble the other day, actually, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't weird, so I went Monday, and they were reading, they're in the store, in the middle of the store, they're reading uh, To Kill a Mockingbird in preparation for the sequel nice. that was just released, it actually released today, um, go set a Watchmen, and now that I know all the controversy, I'm, I, I feel so sad for the people that were sitting around watching. Angela, can you lead us to the controversy that's been happening today? <laughs> you well, are, you are a very large To Kill a Mockingbird fan. I am. A huge, a huge fan. I, but I feel like so many people are, which is why this new installment, sequel, companion piece is disappointing, whatever it is. I have not read it. I didn't wait in line. Um, I do feel bad for everyone who did. I know there was controversy surrounding this book before it came out. I don't think anyone really knew or understood why. Because she, she was, she's in a nursing home and someone just like found her manuscript. Yeah, I mean, it was the... I don't know if it went through the regular editing process or anything. Yeah, it, I'm not totally clear on what mm -hmm. the issues were. But now I have a few issues <laughs> of my own. Oh, let's hear, we love so, issues. Let's hear. Well, them. from what I've heard, again, because I haven't, I haven't read it, but just from what I have heard and understood, is that uh, this particular book takes place twenty years after the original. So the original, I uh, was set in nineteen thirties Alabama, and this is twenty years later. Mm -hmm. uh, so everyone d d hasn't read or seen the movie, either or, do one of the two. Because they're both exceptional. Do both. Do both. Do both. Yeah. Do both. 
I, I can't recommend, uh, you know, either enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, the movie is considered one of the best of all time. Yeah. Um, I actually saw the movie way before I read the book. Um, but this particular story, I guess, takes place, you know, 20 years later. Scout uh, Jean Louise come, goes back to Alabama to visit her father. Atticus Fitch. Atticus Finch. And we're all messed up with names today. Whew. No, I said it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess his personality has kind of changed from what sure. I from what I understand is that he is now a bit of a racist mm -hmm. and a bigot. I heard something along the lines of him attending a uh, KKK meeting, which didn't impress me. And in the, in the, in the first book, what what he was like a beacon of righteousness, right? Absolutely. So he defended someone in, in court. Yes. So a black man was accused yep. of raping a white woman. Right. Okay. And he was his uh, defense lawyer. And why this is kind of strange. So the first book is told through the perspective, through the eyes of Scout. Mm -hmm. And she's six years old. His daughter. His daughter. Mm -hmm. And she obviously idolizes her father. You know, he is her hero. He's, you know, a a beacon of light yeah. in really dark times. Um, you know, a lot of shit was going down in the 1930s and uh, he just stood for everything good. You know, he didn't have the blinders on, uh, you know, and he just taught her how to essentially don't judge a book by its cover mm -hmm. to just use kind of like the old cliche, like just, you know, get to know somebody and it doesn't matter what they look like. Yep. Apparently now it's a little bit different. But what kind of aggravates me is, uh, I guess, like, Scout is, like, an unreliable narrator. Because if this book, if we're supposed to take it as, uh -huh. okay, this is eventually what happened, then what she was seeing when she was a kid was not completely accurate. Right. It was more like this idealized version of her father when maybe in reality he was just a really good defense lawyer, but actually a despicable human. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not going to go, no, no, I think he was fantastic. It's like somebody, somebody just needs to read this book and report back. Right. So okay, here's where it's going to go. You're going to read this book because I'm curious to see yeah. how it all plays out. Because you know, reviews and reading something off someone's mm -hmm. you know, what they they post or whatever can be a little misleading. So re read and then send us a review, but make sure you send the Fifty Shades of Grey review first. <laughs> I will. We'll, and we'll, uh, that'll we'll be a companion piece to the Fifty <laughs> Shades of Grey review. Perfect. But it's it's an interesting story because it that was her only book to kill a mockingbird, mm -hmm. and she never wrote again. And it was an all-time classic. And I remember watching the movie in ethics class back in school. Sure, yeah. It's just so amazing. So, so it's like it's like Harry Potter sequel thirty years later, and he's not really a wizard, right? But he's definitely a wizard, right? And I was reading this review that was saying, you know, it's not the author's responsibility to create likable characters or make sure that everyone likes their character all the time and to like not have them grow or change and that you have to remember that Atticus Finch is a fictional character, which I guess is true. Well, I mean, it absolutely is true, but I feel like it doesn't matter. You grow attached and kind right. of used to what the, the character that you love. and I love so many fictional characters, <laughs> like so many. Yeah, like That's it's, silly. you know, I... You get to you get really get to the heart of a character and feel like you know them, and well, then it changes. Part of my concern kind of, with one of the trailers we'll be talking about later is I feel like I know a character and they just make them all weird and shit. Yeah, I know I'm comparing Atticus to Batman, but <laughs> I feel like it's applicable. That's all I'm it saying. Is. You can apply it to I think pretty much anything. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll see. That'll more to follow on that one for sure. Atticus Finch, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, if that's a sequel, then sign me up. Maybe that'll be the third one when, when she completes her trilogy. Spadicus uh, Finch Rises. We'll see. But that was just interesting because I was hearing, like, everyone was so hyped for that. And I heard it in Barnes and Noble and they were doing the reading and they kept announcing, like, here comes chapter five. Because I was sitting down. I, I actually read Injustice while I was there. <laughs> you know, skimming, but still reading. It was pretty good. Um, looking at some other graphic novels. It was a good time. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll expect more on that. So. Give us a full report, please. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, I did see oh. two other things that I that I can mention whoa, real whoa. quick last okay. week. So, um, I watched Chappie. Oh yeah, how was that? Cool movie, man. Mm. I really liked it. I really liked the. It was District. District Nine. Nine yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, the uh, director's uh, debut film. Yep. And uh, Neil. He, I'm sorry. Neil. What's his name? Neil Blomkamp. 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Blomkamp uh, kind of kept uh, the same uh, style uh, going with this movie, which is pretty cool. So he, he's, uh, man, how do you describe it? It's like a gritty, dystopian future kind of uh, style. It's kind of the same thing as District 9. Uh, and Chappie is this uh, robot. He's part of a fleet of police bots. And uh, basically the chief... Uh, Good sci- uh, not not scientist, but the guy who, who basically handles all of the AI programming, uh, basically messes uh, with him and his programming, and he becomes sentient. Uh, so he becomes a living machine, uh, and basically he goes through this journey where he uh, basically learns how to be human. And uh, there's a couple of really cool, interesting characters. He kind of gets to gets to go to the slums, and and, and he sort of gets kind of kidnapped. And he's like all super uh, naive about everything because basically he's just got the mind of a child. Um, and uh, you just kind of get to see him grow and learn about the world and how thing, things are fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that in Africa really as well cool. as like this time was? Uh, yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Chappie, really cool man. There's some really quirky characters. A dude named Ninja in there. Yeah, um, that guy from what is it, Deantward? They're like a music duo. Yeah, yeah, him and his wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His wife is in it too. She's That's got like this weird bowl cut. Uh, well, she. I don't know. I'm, I'm just assuming. <laughs> they make a. They make a great couple. They were. They were. They, they were together in the movie. So I'm just gonna assume. Oh, right. And I believe they had the same last name in the credits, but I might be wrong about that. Um, yeah. So they. They were like super cool, quirky characters, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that movie. It's got a great ending. Um, and uh, just a lot. It's one of those movies that leaves you with something to think about at the end. So I recommend it. <laughs> the other thing I watched. I've been watching. I've not finished it. Uh, Three Games to Glory 4. We are huge Patriots fans on this podcast. I'm not. All of us are so huge Patriots fans. So I got my Three Games to Glory 4 Blu-ray set. It's a three-disc set. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it basically goes over our entire glorious playoff run mm-hmm. cheaters so i have watched the i'm gonna ignore that <laughs> i've watched, watched the ravens and colts mm-hmm. uh discs and it's basically presented in like nfl film style yep so you're sitting here like you it's got every play from the entire playoff run and it's also do. narrated by the nfl films voice guy yeah so you know when it comes to the really key moments they're like and tom brady <laughs> Put the team on his back. 
And then the NFL films music kicks on. And then Tom Brady does Lord. awesome stuff. It has really compelling cinematography. Yeah, it's so good. There you have like these close so many cameras. Tom Brady. You can see right into his eyes, just stare into his soul. Does this cleft stare back? (laughs) (laughs) And Rob Gronkowski's making crazy catches, and Julian Edelman's mic'd up, and they just like put these little nuggets in the video where you can hear the players talking and stuff like that. Man, it's so it's an experience. If you're a Patriots fan, you need it. Wow, really? I also saw an Instagram picture of Tom Brady lounging on a golf course with his daughter. Mm -hmm. Looked really adorable. Tom Brady is so He's adorable. So cool. Yeah. Frauds. I was talking about him, not his daughter. Uh, but she seemed okay, I guess. <laughs> anyway, those are two pretty cool things. Check them out. Oh, nice. Um, some of the, the big stuff that happened this past week was Comic-Con 2015, yes. which after we recorded yeah, last week, all of a sudden, it was the next day, and it was like, it's Comic-Con right now. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. There's a lot of news dropping. Uh-huh. Uh, some big trailers for some movies. Sometimes I think these trailers come out a little early. I mean, Suicide Squad's not till August of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman and Batman is March, I yep. believe. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. uh, that's not too... It's still pretty far away. I feel like that movie's been... That was announced at last year's Comic-Con. So it's like been waiting forever and ever and ever. It already had a trailer, so it's fine. True. Um, so behind the scenes, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Vic, mm-hmm. what, did you, what did you think? Yeah, you're, you're, you're smiling there. You're smiling. <laughs> 157 days, my friends, until Friday, December 18, 2015. My body is so ready. <laughs> Oh yeah. Gross. <laughs> I feel spoiled. Uh, but yeah, I I, I I absolutely love that behind the scenes reel. Yeah. This uh, great balance of practical effects and uh, CGI. I can't wait. It's just pure artistry at work. JJ uh, Abrams, you are my bae. Lawrence Kasdan is my bae as well. I mean, call me. Call a brother. Alright? I heard that uh, Tom Brady's going to guest star on <laughs> Who's Tom Brady? As uh, the uh, evil emperor. <laughs> <laughs> Returned. Spoiler alerts, everyone. I'm sorry. Yeah, his name's just gonna be Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It did help because uh, I was, as a big fan of a lot of the expanded universe stuff. I was in, I was kind of down on the, all this stuff getting dropped out. But seeing that really got my spirits up. That was, um, that was super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the when pe- I when I saw them little people. Piloting them fake robots. Yeah. Oh, that was the best. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was down with that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I, wish I, was get little, it. <laughs> I wish I was a little person being Star Wars and walk around as a little guy. Oh, that was so cool. cool. And just, yeah. you know, I saw a picture today of George Lucas. Um, it was a guy, it was the one from 19, the 70s with all his practical, everything just standing mm-hmm. around it. And then the, the 2000 was just the green screen. <laughs> it was actually quite funny. I might actually post it on, the way, on my Facebook. Um, but those, yeah, all that, pra- it, was just, it just looks so good. It's just, Cool. And Princess Light looked really good. Oh yeah, she had a, yeah, she had a brief, uh, yeah, a brief uh, little stop there. So that was, that was really nice. And Mark Hamill did the the voiceover. The most exciting thing I, I just want to see Mark Hamill. Like I want to see him. Or I want to see Luke Skywalker. Excuse me. Like I want. I, I want. I need to know. Luke, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like growing concerned. But here, actually, here's a here's a perfect thing. What if all of a sudden this Star Wars came out and Luke Skywalker was like a total douchebag, right? <laughs> like I'd be pissed. Like, Atticus, what? Is, that's, that's messed up. Like, oh my god. That's actually a perfect example. So, JJ Abrams, don't fuck this up. I mean, I'm a star, I like star, I enjoyed Star Trek, but I wasn't. I'm not a huge Trekkie. So, whatever you do with that, but this is. Just don't fuck it up. Just don't fuck it up. 
or I will come find you, Abrams. You hear me? I will find you. I will discover where you live. If you fuck up episode seven, I will creep up in your basement and I will be the last face you will ever, ever see. Oh was, my God. That was Angela. Okay. <laughs> 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 Good Lord, wait, is that why we haven't seen Hayden Christensen in so long? <laughs> It's so true that I don't think fans can handle more disappointment, but I oh, think no. that that, you know, the extended, what are they calling it, a trailer, more of like a behind the scenes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it just got everyone so excited, like not excited just for new Star Wars, but excited for the fact that it looks really good. Right, I think they're trying to say, they're, I think they're trying to distance themselves from some of the prequel stuff with yeah. the constant green screen and just like, right. don't worry, we're doing this right. Don't worry. Right, because nobody right. loved that. Nobody was like, thank God they decided to use a green screen and screw everything up. Right. You know, so I think... I mean, I love green screen as much as the next guy. Mm. But yeah, that was a... That, and, and someone like, like the most cynical person in the universe, that helped. So I'm, I'm assuming it helped a lot of others. And they had me when they uh, cast John Boyega. Yeah. I love that dude. Yeah. Attack the Block is yeah. the shit. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a really good movie. He's, uh, yeah, he's a good one. He's an up and coming good one. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, the guy that uh, Oscar. Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, he's, 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 he's playing Apocalypse in the next X Men, too, so mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's double dipping. Yeah, he's doing big crazy. things. Did you see that X Men trailer? Yeah. Apocalypse looks stupid. He <laughs> <Dude>, kind of <laughs> dumb, didn't he? I mean, I was. I don't even know who's saying helmet. Yeah. I'm glad you said it first. Because you look kind of weird. I mean,. I was picturing him bigger. Dave was really disappointed at work. <laughs> Dave looked like somebody just kicked his dog. So he loves Apocalypse. So our boy Dave, who's our co-worker, is the biggest Apocalypse fan I've ever met. He was talking about this movie before it was even announced. Like, yeah. I just want to see him make Apocalypse. Yeah. But maybe they're still holding out. Maybe he gets bigger. It was really blurry cell phone yeah. footage. So I need to see a clear, real HD movie trailer before I make a final judgment. Yep. But Apocalypse looked stupid. He looked kind of like Ganondorf. Okay. He but, looked like a dude in a see-through helmet kind not as of cool to me. as Ganondorf. But like, no, like weird Ganondorf. Like, not... Oh, no, he had lines on his face. Yeah, yeah. That's and then he was really like smooth helmet. I mean, yeah, we don't wear a helmet, but uh, I mean, it's bigger, bigger. Yeah, get, we'll see. There's a long way to go. It's, and again, it was grainy uh, cell phone footage, and that's I had trouble enjoying kind of the, uh, the Deadpool leaked one because oh, I didn't because uh, <laughs> it was so grainy. Like I must watch a really, really, really bad one because like the cam, like right in the end, the camera like panned off. I think that's what you're talking about earlier. Yeah, that's what. It's that. like you missed the ending because the cell phone like looked away. I don't know if they're gonna get caught or what, but huh. it looked all right. No one I didn't do that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah that was that trailer was cool. Yeah, I really like that Deadpool trailer. I'm glad that they're letting. I'm for, I'm surprised Fox. Yeah, they're usually terrible, but they're letting those filmmakers make an R a real ass R rated superhero movie that's faithful to the source material, unlike that garbage Punisher Warzone movie <laughs> that was also rated R. But good lord, that movie sucked. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like super campy and dumb instead of like gritty and dark and, and, and Punisher, the real Punisher. Um, so no, yeah, yeah, Deadpool looks Deadpool as hell. I can't yeah. wait to see him like break the fourth wall during the movie and like yeah. talk to the audience. That's going to be B.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that pin there. Deadpool pin? Oh, I do. I love Deadpool. I'm so excited. Angela has a Deadpool pin. We'll, we'll post it on the Facebook for everyone to see. Yeah. 
And I really hope that this movie does succeed for Ryan Reynolds because Ryan Reynolds has has had a yeah, pretty, he's, he's, he's been in a slump. Road. He's been yeah, in a slump for the past several years. I and, like him, man. I like yeah. him a lot as an actor, but yeah, he's, he's, he's had a tough road. I don't know if his agent needs to just pick better scripts for him because yeah, man, yeah. he needs yeah. new advisors. Van yeah, Wilder was one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, Van <laughs> Wilder is. Oh, I agree with that. It's I agree so with cool. that. That guy. So many people hate Van Wilder, though. Really? Stop so listening to the show if funny. you do. I think their problem is with the um, eclair scene in that movie. Um, oh, it's the best part! No, <laughs> Maurice, it's not the best part. That's, okay, that, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's the best part, but it's a freaking college a, movie. Yeah, like, it's, it's get over yourselves, people. It's, it's not for those of cosmopolitan scene in history. Hey. Okay. Unless you've seen it and you've enjoyed it. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, it's not, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Angelina you don't Arnold, like Van Wilder? Nah. He also doesn't like Space Jam. Oh God, so you're, you're the exact not... type of person that's just ruining the world. Actually, oh, come on. Don't be so hyperbolic. <laughs> Time chamber? <laughs> Are we going to go train, bro? What? It's like super gravity. Dragon Ball Z, bro. Dragon Ball Z. What are you talking about? The hyperbolic time chamber. Dragon Ball Z, they have to train in the hyperbolic time chamber. You train for a, year, a day, but it's more like a year. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's got awesome. like super heavy gravity, so yeah. your muscles get all super hunky. I wasn't talking about, I wasn't making a DBZ reference. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were cool like that. It's cool. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. You're a loser. <laughs> but that Eclair scene was pretty terrible. Um, but the guy going to the bathroom in the Are you uh, talking about trash the can was hilarious. Where, uh, they jerk off the dog. Yes, the yeah, worst. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And then yeah. feed it yeah. to a frat. Yeah. yeah. He says it's yeah. so warm. That was totally in character. <laughs> You're listening to the Codex Prime podcast, <laughs> and we hope that Deadpool will be a, a, a successful movie. Oh, yeah, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. He does need a victory. Um, Especially if it can erase the memories of Green Lantern, then right. all the better. And yeah. I think that's what he's trying to do, isn't he? Cracking jokes about that. <laughs> that was hilarious in the trailer. He's yeah. like, please just don't make the suit green. Or animated. Or animated. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, I mean, and, and DC has been pretty porous in their movies so far. Well, other than Batman, I guess, and some of the, the later Batman, of course. Um, but when they were, and I'm not, I'm not a, a huge cinema person but even i want like even like if i was in like the meetings for that i'd be like that's a really bad idea you probably shouldn't do an animated costume yeah. for a guy yeah it's weird mm-hmm. uh, what are the, but some of those execs in wb are just out of their minds yep but uh, he does need a victory uh what other he did that rip the r.i.p oh, r.i.p.d yeah with jeff bridges yeah, yeah. yeah. the rhode island police department yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what else has he done recently? Any the Deadpool? Uh, he X-Men did a Selfless, which oh yeah, but that I just came out this week. Oh, nothing that's about. Right. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. Oh, the trailer was pretty interesting. That does look interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, I thought and he was about in that, that movie. Is it called Buried? Yeah, that yeah. was right. cool. That was, was actually that cool? good. Yeah. yeah, that was actually really good. I really enjoyed that. Well, yeah. so no, me and Victor are interest. agreeing again. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Well, am I developing cosmopolitan tastes? Oh no. Embrace it, Aris. Embrace it. <laughs> well, Ryan Reynolds, if you want to be a guest to uh, talk about Deadpool, you're welcome. I really enjoyed Buried, Victor. It was really good. That was a quality film. Indeed. Indeed it was. <laughs> oh, it's uh, reminiscent of uh, the classic uh, Phone Booth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Phone Booth. And that was good. Cellular. Yeah. With 
Chris Evans, who's right. better known as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are both really good. That was the same director. I don't know. I forget who it was, but yeah. I like Phone Booth a lot. Yeah. Phone Booth was cool. Yeah, Phone Booth was directed by Joel Schumacher. Yeah. 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 He, nice. He was actually, like, he had some good stuff out there, Batman and Robin notwithstanding. And I really enjoyed Batman Forever, but I was a child, so I liked it as a child. Yeah. Yeah, just don't don't go back and watch it again. <laughs> your childhood, Wow, was it really Joel Schumacher? That's crazy. Yeah. But even the, the screenwriter for Batman and Robin was a screenwriter for A Beautiful Mind. This so, is like the second or third time you've said that. It's weird how Stop. that happens. It's Stop weird it. how it happens. Stop it. But, so we can't get them all right. <laughs> that's right that's that life no one <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know it um, but uh, building off of that we had uh, the I was going back to the Star Wars with the Han Solo prequel which is I don't know if they officially greenlit that but that I was, think that, that was, was an rumors. official announcement was that it? a thing was that an official thing I don't think it was oh, okay. it's a rumor for now the anthology series uh, they did talk about Darth Vader being in Rogue One mm-hmm. which but not the main bad guy um, still, I'm very concerned about oversaturating the market with Star Wars. Yeah. Very concerned. I feel like it's a little much. You could do that with Marvel or DC, but Star Wars is... I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like... Com- well, we'll talk about Comic-Con more next week. Next yeah. week's going to be a good episode to get into film. We're going to be partaking in some filmmaking ourselves. Mm. So it'll be a good time. It'll be a oh, good yeah. segue. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about oh, that. Yeah. But there's... Yeah. there's Two more things I want to talk about for Comic-Con before we get into our books. Okay. Um, there is, uh, well, actually, I'm going to do these in conjunction. Batman versus Superman trailer mm-hmm. and the Suicide Squad trailer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eris, mm-hmm. I'm sure you love that Batman Superman trailer. Oh, it was the... Not so great. Okay. <laughs> oh, I feel like John's really going to be disappointed in me again. I don't know why I keep thinking back to that email where he's like, I got to light some sparklers and put it in my butt cheeks. And like, don't worry. I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled either. But I'm like, do what? Please go. It made me question myself. I'm mm-hmm. like, do I really do everything? Yes, you do. <laughs> Listen, that's mm-hmm. not true. I'm looking at Maurice's t-shirt right now. Mm-hmm. And I love the Patriots. <laughs> oh, fucking <laughs> hell. That's a very comfortable shirt. My heart, my heart tells me that. I feel it. Yeah. I know there's love in my heart. <laughs> so, uh, I've had my uh, issues with the previous Batman Superman trailer. Mm-hmm. Those are very well documented. And uh, the same problems apply to this trailer, where they kind of kept the same characterization, specifically of Superman that's bothering me. Like, I don't like Superman, but I feel like there is a vision and ideal that is Superman, and that's been built up over, you know, decades. And this movie seems to just be shitting all over that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, why is his freaking suit so bright? Why does he look like he's going to an S&M convention instead of a... Uh, hearing, yeah. Oh, like the, the political. Hearing. Yeah, it's just weird. Like the key, the, the beginning right. of hearing. I was arguing with my boy Ed uh, over the weekend at this child's birthday party. Very <laughs> loudly arguing with him about how uh, that sucked and uh, Superman's the worst and his suit is super tight and spandexy and bright and uh, he was telling me that Superman's the best and I'm like, listen, bro. If I yelled, bring out the gimp right now, Superman would walk around the corner right to this kid's party. Right now. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? What fiction? I would have not made that connection. It's just a gimp. It's a gimp. It's a really uh, person in a very tight 
Gotcha. Spandex. Gotcha. Outfit. Gotcha. That's what Superman looks this like. Is, but it's but Henry Cavill jacked. You get his shoulders his guns off somehow. Look at... Look at I don't know if it's the lighting. No, it's like shiny. It's shiny as hell. I thought it was too dark. I hate that costume. Anyway, uh, that's not my biggest issue. Really. Oh, okay. I, I dislike the costume, but that's <laughs> sure. not my biggest issue. Sure. Whatever. He can be wearing whatever. Angela angry right right Superman. Now. She's getting angry. Angela. Oh, I'm not getting angry. <laughs> Listen, are you a Superman fan? I'm more confused. Mm, no, I'm not. Okay, good. <laughs> not, you not may stay. Not particularly. <laughs> uh, so my 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 biggest issue with that was uh, actually like Ma Kent, where she's like, uh, "Yeah, hey, I Clark, didn't like that. You don't owe this world a damn thing." I'm oh, like, "Shit, Ma Why are you shitting all over Ma Kent? Yeah, she's supposed to be like super good American apple pie. Like yeah. she's she's the one who was like, "Hey, Clark, save the world. Don't go, don't worry about what anybody else says. Be you." Bro, and then stop I love there. You. Stop at that sentence. Right, and I remember Pa Kent in the first movie was like, "Hey, hey Clark, don't save his children. Yeah, Just don't do it. it was weird." <laughs> and like one of the big things that Superman, he's always all about is like the Earth took him in, mm-hmm. so he like owes them. Right. That <laughs> that was weird. I was very confused at that part. I don't know where Zack Snyder's going here. Like, is he trying to tell us like times are different and we're assholes now? Is is that what it is, Zack Snyder? I don't like sex. I, me neither. I don't. Like I, I don't, don't like v- Victor, enlighten us. Please. You look like yeah, you've got you, things to say. You've got a wide-eyed look in your face. <laughs> well, uh, you know that JJ Abrams looking at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I can, under, I can understand where you're coming from, but uh, I actually, I completely disagree mm-hmm. with uh, your views on the trailer. I'm actually very excited for Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, and uh, this trailer, this trailer definitely. I bet you were. I bet you were super excited when Wonder Woman came on. <laughs> I was. I was. I was like, because I had Gal Gadot looks really cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't she? I, she, looked she looked the. Yeah. She was the best one. Like yeah. look wise, she was yeah. the best one. The whole trailer. Yeah, I had my doubts about Gal Gadot, but then when I saw her in action for those two seconds, I'm like sold. Mm-hmm. Sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe you. Yeah. But the trailer uh, for uh, the for Batman vs Superman, I'm actually very excited for it, and um, more more so than I was when I watched the first trailer. It, it seems to me I agree that, that it's better. It's a better trailer. Yeah. yeah. It seems to me that Zack Snyder is actually taking the uh, criticisms of Man of that Man of Steel received to heart, and mm-hmm. he's actually building off of that. For example, he's showing that Superman's actions in his in the battle against Zod has consequences, and that does involve yeah. uh, Bruce Wayne and you know people that Bruce Wayne knew that he that probably presumably died in the Battle of Metropolis. You see, like that that one shot where he's embracing that little girl, and yep. a, and a camera's panning back, and you see the Wayne financial sign in, mm-hmm. um, amidst the rubble. Right, he lost a building. How yeah. dare you, Superman? Right. Yeah, he he lost he lost his you know probably friends and perhaps mm-hmm. family in there too. And a lot of money. Right, that yeah. building. <laughs> so so I what think. What was that child doing trespassing on on Wayne property, Victor? <laughs> That's why he was grabbing her. He was holding her for the cops. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty cynical view. It's a pretty cynical view of looking at it, but uh, that's what Zack Snyder wants us to think. Yeah. We don't owe this world anything. Victor. But but uh, but to your, to your point about the scene where uh, where Ma Kent tells him tells a uh, you know Superman that you know you don't owe this world a thing. I thought at first I, I thought that was a very strange thing for her to say, but I think maybe that she's coming from a from a 
from a place where you know where a mother would defend her child regardless regardless mm -hmm. of you know how justified the outrage against her son is mm -hmm. and i'm very curious to see the dynamic between uh Af between affleck's batman and and superman uh, and affleck looks completely badass in the bat costume and I'm really looking forward to him and Superman throwing down, especially that that one last scene where Superman rips off the roof of the Batmobile, yeah. and and Ben Affleck slowly stands up. He slowly stands up in the way you'd be like, now you see, you you, you know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know you, you know you done fucked up, don't don't you? So I'm I'm really looking forward to them clashing. But my only, I do have a couple concerns. However, as much as I'm looking forward to this movie, one I'm trying to picture just how Wonder Woman would fit into mm -hmm. the whole dynamic because when you have uh, you know Batman versus Superman and then Lex, Lex, Lex Luthor, that's enough drama right there. There's so many people in that movie. There's yeah, so many people. Mm -hmm. and you can I can definitely see how Lex, Lex Luthor would fit into that. You know, trying to play Superman off and Batman mm -hmm. off off each other. But how did how do you fit Wonder Woman into that? Is she going to be in a prologue scene? Mm -hmm. Is is it going to be a case where I which I hope not. I hope it's not a case where you know Wonder Woman is going to be the black widow like an iron man 2 where it's just a walking advertisement for the upcoming avengers film i'm hoping right. that's not the case so other than that i'm really looking forward to it march 2016 can't come fast enough that that luthor wig though <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you something you know about you know I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing jesse eisenberg's take as lex luthor because mm -hmm. it kind of seems like he's a big jesse fan I'm a yeah. Jesse fan. Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of seems like Jesse Eisenberg playing like a version of his Mark Zuckerberg from The Social Network in a right. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of that, that smarmy, I'm more intelligent than you, and you know it deep down. Stupid millennials. Ugh. Yeah, that 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 stereotypical millennial douchiness. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in seeing his take of, of that character. And after Zombieland, that, that guy's built some capital with me. Yeah. I like Jesse Eisenberg. I don't think I've oh, seen anything I did not like of his. That, the red capes are coming? That, that sounded super dumb. <laughs> the, the, what red cape? Superman's the only one with He's a red one. cape, bro. There's maybe, one. Maybe uh, maybe there's more. Supergirl red cape are coming. <laughs> Angela, I'm very interested to I get like your hot part. take. You <laughs> like <laughs> that part? I like that part. I thought that was so dumb. I, you are nitpicky. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I, know. I thought that was a kind of a cool ending to the, the I was like, and then that last scene was so good. It really was. I'm super excited for Ben Affleck. I'm interested in your hot take, because we, we can't have Victor be the only feminist on this podcast. Right. So, Yalgo and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Women in superhero movies. This is going to, she, she's Wonder Woman. She's like yeah. the mecca, I think, of, of sure. women superheroes. Um, what's your take on... Women superheroes get in their movies. You feel like they've been marginalized or haven't been enough, or actually in any at, the, at, the, at right. this point in time. What's your mm -hmm. thought on that? Are you excited for Wonder Woman? Mystique's way cooler than Wonder Woman. They've done a good job on them. Yeah, but she hasn't had her own movies. movie. I mean, I know right. you're a huge Electra and Catwoman fan of those movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It comes <laughs> to the territory. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, we beyond well, those. I, if I can speak to that. So, because nobody really is a fan of either of those movies, I think mm. it just speaks to the fact that their attempts have just been so terrible and like that they just there are enough female heroes there are enough female characters they just don't know what to do with them mm -hmm. i really can't speak on wonder woman in this particular film because i don't know how we don't know right. how she's going to be used she did look legit in those three seconds though she yeah. looked great in those two Super seconds legit. yeah um but i'm thinking you know the only <laughs> feature film that she's been in they, what was it like the animated in 2009 like the straight yep. to anime wonder woman mm -hmm. and i mean that's the only representation that she's had so obviously this is going to be pretty different i mean i would like to see i, I mean have they or even, just any female superheroes not even just limited to wonder woman 
And you really, there hasn't been, there could always be more. There could always mm -hmm. be more development, um, you know, less just kind of going with like the eye candy or like the damsel in right. distress. Like, I, I mean, particularly in, in video games. Those but. movie posters where all the heroes are there for like Avengers and then Black Widow is the only one with her back to the view mm -hmm. is the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And it's not just her, like everyone does. They did it in the Terminator uh, Genesis one. They have... Sarah Connor, mm -hmm. um, like it's like you see her butt, right. your butt. Like why is your butt there? Get your butt out of there! I hate that. It drives me insane. But I feel like now because um, they have Captain Marvel coming out and then Wonder Woman, so they're gonna start getting some more out there. But um, and maybe with Elektra coming onto Daredevil season two, that'll right. be that'll be a good. Uh, I think who's the who's the actress that's playing her okay. is, uh, they did that they did cast her i saw a picture she looked legit yeah it looked good i mean i'm curious to see what they do with that i think now people are more aware of what they want to see out mm -hmm. of their female heroes and characters and it's not just like so this is a damsel in distress yep super eye candy yeah uh just kind of existing to promo the next movie or the next thing yeah you know it's so i'm excited to see where it goes obviously there is a it's just underrepresentation up until this point. Yeah, but D I mean DC, they they announced Wonder Woman right when they did their whole slate, and that was one of the top ones. I understand this. Is, they've had a weird thing where they did Man of Steel, then they're going to do Man of Steel two, but then they did Batman, Superman. Now they're arranging their whole world. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that's part of my problem with the DC stuff is that I f I don't know what Zack Snyder's doing. I don't know. Zack Snyder being the head of that world. Really I don't even know how that worried. happened. I don't even know how that yeah, happened. I'm very worried about that. I, I would be too, like, for me, for example, like, I'm not the biggest, I've never been the biggest Zack Snyder fan, especially his botched job, botch job with Watchmen, and I've never been the big Superman fan, although I don't hate it to the extent that you do, Aris, or even you, Marcus. I know, I, I like Superman, yeah. I want to see him done really well, and, um, yeah. I, and I'm not even, and, and yeah, so let me, let's not get, okay, yeah, because I've been a little negative, but I don't want to get it twisted, I enjoy Superman, he can have really good stories, um, it's just, I, it is very difficult to write him, um, and I feel like throwing Batman in there to overshadow him is not going to do him justice. And I really wasn't a huge uh, fan of me, um, the first Man of Steel, because, but like you said, they're they're all taking all the destruction and stuff, and they're actually putting consequences behind it, which is a nice change of pace. So stop giving me Lex Luthor and give me know, Brainiac just, yeah. or freaking Darkseid. He said he doesn't Brainiac want to do Brainiac or Darkseid, please. He doesn't want. I'm, I'm assuming they're saving him for Justice League, Darkseid. But the, um, they said so cool. They go, we can't do Brainiac now because we already had an alien invasion with Zod. It's like you had one dude. What? Yeah, that's what Zack Snyder said. That's why I don't get what he's doing. What? And like they're doing a Batman. That's already he already like, said there's gonna be no Brainiac. Maybe down the road. I'm done. Even Metallo. Metallo. Metallo's all right. He's cool. He's got a Kryptonian core. Yeah. But I just like they're doing like a later and I and like you don't have to do the origin story like an animated series. He's Batman. Mm. But for some reason they're doing older Batman and you see the you know and him and Joker already have like a past. But Joker's in another movie, and you see a very quick clip of Batman in the Suicide Squad trailer. What does everybody think of that Joker, by the way? I think he's terrible. I, oh, really? I disagree. It's so good. <laughs> I disagree. I think Jared Leto's going to rock no, the I think he, No, I that, was, think so that was more, that was JK. I think, he, I think Jared Leto himself is going to do really good. I wish that they, did, they introduced his Joker in a different way um, in, in, Suicide, the... in Suicide Squad. Because if, well, 
Here, we'll see what happens. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, obviously. Right. But if they actually enlist him in the Suicide Squad and right. let the Joker out, I don't out, think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna happen. If they do, I'll be very upset. That's but I don't know what that, that, that cannot be the case. He's he's not directing that movie. No, I know, but he's he's like the <laughs> he's the he's architect. Like the I get it. Which I don't get. Bruce I I do not mean I don't want to be negative. Oh jeez. Listen, uh, I think he looks. Me. I think his tattoos look stupid. <laughs> I, I think without tattoos, he looks great. He I looks think like that Jared Leto will probably do a good job as mm. the Joker. I think that the the design of the character screams of just try hard. Like mm. they are trying way too hard. Yeah, if that, I feel like if they his forehead has a tattoo that says "damaged" on it. Like, yeah, we get I agree it. with that. Bro, we get it. Come on, tone it down. Jake. Like the yeah. Joker doesn't need he has a grill. The design is timeless already. Like you don't need that. Yeah. What's with all the tattoos and stuff? I, I like the Joker. I like Jared Leto. I think he's gonna do uh, a commendable job. I do not like the design, the the over design of the character. Yeah, that, that's the only thing I'll say about it. Right. About the Joker itself. I really like the Suicide Squad trailer. There's something I really like. Hey. Wait, wait, can you say that again? You actually liked something? I really like the Suicide Squad trailer. Uh, wow. We talked last week about how yeah. I really like those supervillain team-ups where they're actually <laughs> like the, the guys trying to save the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting dichotomy where these evil dudes are like, well, I'm evil, but damn got to be a world for me to be evil in, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. up? And I'm, I'm trying really hard to, uh, I, 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 I do like the, the what, I wish there was more, I don't even know how to word it, because it's cool to see Joker in a separate yeah. thing than, yeah. oh, just got to be him and Batman, because there's a whole uh, universe there. I really like, I like Viola Davis a lot. I think she's an awesome actress. She oh, yeah. is. Um, I, the, the, God, I forget her name. The girl who's playing Harley Quinn. Oh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie looks to be like just living that role. She she looks yeah. like she's gonna knock that out of the park. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I still to this very moment can't believe they got Will Smith to be in that movie. I don't know how that happened. When I saw that casting, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then like, uh, what's his name dropped out. Um, not Tom Worthington, other guy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, Sam Worthington. Tom. See, I'm, I'm not com- combining their names. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy dropped out of the movie, and I'm like, well, Will Smith is next. My only but problem he is in the trailer. with that movie is that Killer Croc mm-hmm. looks like... I... A scaly dude? Yeah. yeah. He looks ridiculous. Yeah, I think he I looks know. fine. He looks like... He's like my height! I mean, I, I agree with Victor. He looks fine, but he doesn't look Killer Croc. Like yeah. I think okay, so here, here's the concession I'll make about that that character design. It's the only way that they could have done it as a physical makeup and have that actor uh, yeah. act in the movie. Sure. If they had gone with the more traditional dude looks like a giant alligator, <laughs> they would have had to be a CG character, and mm-hmm. that may yeah. not have played in that movie. So I will make that concession uh, for that character. That's that probably had to be done, and I think it looks fine. My only concern with Will Smith. Is that I look at Will Smith and I think you're Will Smith. Really? See, I but always he can blend in better. Mm, but in the trailer, I like barely noticed him. Yeah, well, you, you, you really have a problem with if that. If he wears a Deadshot mask <laughs> with the one eye, he's gonna be yeah. okay. But he, I, he, he blends better than one Mr. Affleck. That is true. <laughs> Sorry, Ben Affleck. He was just too much I know Ben that's Affleck. Still you, Ben. Yeah, he was way too Ben Affleck. He was Ben Affleck yeah. like crazy. And he told, he told. A, a, a story about a Comic Con about how he bumped into Christian Bale at uh, a costume shop buying uh, uh, Batman costumes for their sons. <laughs> what? And he asked him for tips. And Christian Bale is like, just make sure you learn how to pee in that suit. And I was like, of course you're buying a costume for Batman because that's what you're doing right now. You're dressing up for Halloween and you're pretending to be Batman. You're, you're Batman. <laughs> 
But I like bad boys. I like them a lot. But it's, <clears throat> okay, can I just say that recently I was actually just thinking of like, I'm trying to wrap my head around how Superman, like uh, the most, what was the name of the most recent Superman movie? Superman what? Man of, Man of Steel. Steel. Man of Steel. How Man of Steel became the jump off point of the DC universe yeah. and not Chris Nolan's Batman. Like I'm like, where where did that go so wrong? <laughs> I'm actually glad that's the case because you know Nolan's Nolan's films are so to me they're like like I mentioned before they're the they're the gold standard of superhero films and mm -hmm. to kind of bridge that to be the new jumping off point for the DC universe that it would dilute you know the yeah. impact of those movies. And they were like super standard. So, so I'm, gl I'm glad that they're self-contained. I, I disagree that they they would dilute anything. Those movies are done. It's a trilogy. Like we we they're self-contained. It's a self-contained trilogy. You can't get if, if, if Batman had been the jumping off, if they hadn't like if Batman three had been over Bane, you know all that stuff happened, and then in like the next movie was Superman versus Batman, and Superman was introduced into that world instead of Batman into this one. Mm. I would have been Christian fine with that. There's not Christian Bale. No, it would have had to be a Christian no, Bale think, if it's that. Word. I don't think you. I think I, they may have. I don't no, think they offered it to him, but they retired. Is it Christian but, Bale? I think he retired as Batman. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 from Batman. Yeah, he did. He's he's yeah. Yeah. But they could do I, Even but, if they change it from Christian Bale, this is the same Batman as Christopher Nolan. But it was his own self contained Robin trilogy. Robin was taken over as Batman at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, like JGL. But the Nolan universe was grounded in realism, so to have Superman in there would just like throw it way off base. Because even the grapple that Batman did. In the trailer, which looked awesome, mm -hmm. I couldn't see that like in the Christopher Nolan one. It's like a different type of dynamic. Yeah, I think I it was like I was getting video gamey, which is pretty cool. And I did look at some of the Dark Knight Returns when I was reading uh, at the bookstore the other day. Mm -hmm. And I'm so it's, I mean, I enjoy it. I like you know its history and what it did for Batman, but it's not my favorite like so many others. Mm -hmm. um, and the rumor is that uh, in that movie, Batman v Superman, Robin's already dead. Right. And the girl Robin is a Robin, which is cool. Oh. I liked her in uh, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Carrie. Cool. Carrie, I think her name was. Yeah, like um, but um, yeah, I, I'm a huge, as you know, I'm a huge Dick Grayson fan. The first mm -hmm. Robin slash Nightwing. I like his dichotomy throughout the entire um, DC universe, how he's kind of trained with everybody. He's been the leader of the Justice League, of Teen Titans, of the... Um, he's friendly Batman. The Outsiders. He's an Outsiders, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, yeah, when the Batman and Robin, they did a different change when uh, when Bruce Wayne or went through time. Uh, he became Batman and Damian Wayne became Robin. It was like a total switch where Batman was like a friendly guy, like a nice guy, and Robin yeah, was an he's, asshole. He's friendly Batman. It was cool. I liked it. It was like, it was really good. And then they... I mean, him, yeah. him, or, him or Tim. But like, if, I'd be fine with either of them taking over... Um, yeah. That's yeah. Batman. Yeah. Tim's cool. I like yeah. Tim. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll give it a chance. Suicide Squad was really cool. I'm glad everyone liked it. But um, I think that comes Yeah, we'll cover more Comic-Con next week. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot more stuff. We'll definitely get to. on that. Um, the main body of the show is going to be uh, our books, our literature. What have we been reading lately? What uh, what we've been... Uh, what you're... You know, I'm going to go around here. Do the favorites. Uh, if you have any genres that you really special... If you really enjoy... Um, if there's any specific books you read right now, uh, books, comic book, well, not comic book, we'll, we'll try to lean off the comic books, but graphic novels, like all self-contained, um, all self-stories, and, uh, we'll see what everyone's, uh, been reading a lot and get some recommendations. If anyone wants to email to the show with anything we should be reading, let us know. Um, we'll definitely take a look at those. Vic, what have you been reading? What have I been reading? Well, I've been reading a couple of interesting graphic novels, mm -hmm. both 
from from the wonderful world of Wonder Woman. Oh, he brought these in specifically. Actually, he had them last week. You were ready to show them last week. Yeah, uh, Wonder Woman, who was uh, characteristically the been the most one of the most underappreciated uh, female superheroes, yet the textbook example of a female superhero. And yeah. and to be fair, I I you know totally ignored her for years until like last month. Yeah. Wow, look at that. It's never too late. Just no, the rest of <laughs> Listen, yeah. I already have a problem with this graphic novel that you're showing us right here. Now, this, uh, this is called the Hikatea. Right. It's uh, got a boot, a Wonder Woman boot on Batman's head. I already don't believe that. I cannot suspend it's disbelief not fair. that much. He was just taking a nap and she just <laughs> snuck up on him. That's not fair. Come on, man. But uh, the Hic- the Hikatea, it's a graphic novel. It's a self-contained a Wonder Woman Wonder Woman graphic novel, which came out in two thousand two. It was written by Greg Rucka, mm-hmm. and it was illustrated by J G Jones. And this story is about this um, this uh, this young woman named Danielle Wells, who's uh, actually being hunted down by Batman for for murdering this random du- seemingly random dude. And uh, when Danielle uh, goes to Wonder Woman's uh, doorstep, uh, she invokes what's called the Hikatea, which is like this uh, this ritualistic uh, ancient pledge, which actually bonds Wonder Woman, the protector, to her to her charge. In this case, Danielle, mm-hmm. and uh, and the Hikatea is a standing bond that cannot be broken until until the person who invokes it willingly willingly you know lets it go, and. As she invokes it, Wait, Bat- I'm, I'm sorry. Um, can I ask a question? Yeah, I, I apologize. Is is this like a thing? Like, has that ever been mentioned in Wonder Woman comics before? So just any old joke can just be like, I invoke the Hikatea, <laughs> and then Wonder Woman just has to come and protect them. Well, this is well, this, this is, is a thing. Well, this is based somewhat in Greek mythology, mm-hmm. and this is like only mentioned for this particular story. Does nobody else find that weird? <laughs> Yeah. I like it, especially if it's a standalone story. No, it's fine. Yeah. I'm just like maybe this girl. Wait, where did that? Co- I've never heard that. Maybe before. the girl found the secret and she doesn't want to share it with anyone. But no, no, no. Okay. well, on, but, but how, how does it? Like, is there like requirements for it? I'm sorry. I, I my mind is I can't wrap my head around just like invoking a thing and Wonder Woman has to protect you. Well, there's no there's weird. Well, like there's there's way. one catch though. Ground rules. Yeah. There's there's one catch. The catch is that if if the person if 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 the protector breaks it without the without the uh, her, her her charges uh, consent or permission. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is they that person suffers the wrath of the three furies, who come and straight up disembowel you head to toe. So so wait what? The, <laughs> so the only oh. negatives of this deal are for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Like the crook, like nothing happened. What if she's guilty? Does Wonder Woman get to cut wait, her head who, off? Who eat, who gets eaten? The protector. The protector. The, he said. The protector. Right. So it's. All on Wonder Woman and Homegirl who just killed the dude. If Batman's after, I believe Batman. Well, the thing is, like this this story is actually styled as like a modern Greek tragedy, and you. I'm gonna he- read it so uh, next week I can. Yeah, speak yeah, to I kind of need to read that. Yeah, and uh, and the three Furies they have their reasons for getting involved. Like all all three all three players, Wonder Woman, Batman, and this woman Danielle, all have their you know. Their reasons why the Furies are targeting them or looking at them specifically. Uh, what I like about this particular story is that it kind of it's a very interesting portion of Wonder Woman. Like normally you think of her as like you know just like the female Superman, just very bland, boring, truth, justice, American way, super strength. That's it. But this but this story actually pre- actually presents her as a you know caring, contemplative, and you know confident individual. And you kind of see, and and it's very interesting because you kind of see from her perspective just how 
pathological Batman's thirst for vengeance is, almost obsessive. Because looking at Batman, because, you know, Batman's like, he's extremely, you know, absolute, like, I have to capture this woman, Danielle, because she murdered someone in cold blood, and I have to bring her to justice. And Wonder Woman says, well, she has her reasons. And Batman's like, no, I got to bring her to justice. And if you're, and if you're in my way, I will, I'll have to take you down. Mm-hmm. And there's one, what am I, and there's one uh, memorable uh, page in the, in the story where Wonder Woman illustrates her true strength. It kind of kind of puts to bed, like, who would win in a fight, Wonder Woman or Batman, where Wonder Woman lays out Batman with one punch, and Batman, Batman is flying into the street. She caught him. He, wasn't, he wasn't looking. He was right. He was looking both ways. No, where he crossed the street. no. It was it was a, it was a square. It was I mean, it certainly point. helps that um, the thing that like uh, about Wonder Woman for me, anyway, is that it's like I don't really know her too well, so I feel like I can get to know her, read any of her stories, and kind of be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, I like because there's so many ways you could write him. Because even the way that Snack, Zack Snyder is doing it, it's mm-hmm. I see it. Like I can see a different Batman that's a little bit more, that's older, more angry. He's kind of like disillusioned, things like that. Mm-hmm. It does help that Batman is guest starring. I will say that. So that might uh, might make me interested. But I, I'm sure yeah. there's more to the the Hikatea than right. just like any old person that killed someone being like, no, just doing it. You know, I'm sure you yeah. can't. I'm sure there's more to it. But yeah, oh, I'll definitely give it. I'll give it a look. But yeah, what yeah, happens legit? To know, and, I, and I was actually most intrigued by Gal Gadot in the yeah. the trailer. I'm really interested to see her portrayal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, the Hikate. If you're kind of curious about which which Wonder Woman story to start off with, I recommend that. Okay. And uh, yeah. So and my second my second uh, Wonder Woman uh, oh, man. recommendation <laughs> is a, another graphic novel called The Circle. And this The Circle was written by uh, Gail Simone, who also wrote um, Birds of Prey and one of the Secret Six uh, story yeah, arcs. Yeah, Secret Six. Yeah. She, she's the one that wrote the, my favorite one. Yeah. The yeah. Junior Saga was written by her. Yep. Yeah. And it was really like cool stuff. Yep, and this one's illustrated by Terry Dotson and Rachel Dawson and, and Dotson, and this came out in 2008. And this story is uh, pretty interesting. It's about um, uh, Wonder Woman's mother, uh, Queen Hippolyta, or Hippolyta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, she, and it, on, on the island of Themyscira, uh, the Amazons, uh, there's like a... They, they kind of feel like, like they really... Like there's a lot of Amazons that, that really want to have a child. And for some reason, um, the uh, Queen Hippolyta's uh, personal guard of the, these four women all feel that like having a to to create a child on this island would actually bring dis- destruction to their to their world. So despite all their warnings, uh, Hippolyta actually creates Wonder Woman. You know, you hear you see her origin story how she's created from clay, given life, and what, really. Yep, that's how she. That's how is she. Is it like a one be. woman year one? Is that what this is? What? I didn't even know that. I did not know that. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a. We're gonna be. We're gonna be the standard bearers for Wonder Woman <laughs> going <Yeah>. forward. <laughs> yeah, it, Victor it, is. <laughs> yeah, it was also. It was also. Yeah, that that part of her origin story is also featured in the animated film as well, mm-hmm. the 2009 film. Angel, who I'm was it? Quick. Really? Yeah. I've seen oh. that and I don't remember that. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. animated one that Angel mentioned earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. All I remember was that. that like pilot dude landed on the island. It's like, oh, hey, look, it's Wonder Woman. Mm. Yeah. That's what I remember from that movie. Yeah. There's a flashback scene which she shows how she came to be. Okay. Yeah. She's a princess, right? She's yep. like technically Princess yep. Diana. Yep. Princess Diana of Themyscira, mm-hmm. and uh, and so so they they fear that so the so her personal guard fears that that Wonder Woman or Diana will be you know. The evil omen of their island. So despite that, uh, so they try to they try to kill her when she's an infant, and because of that, these four women in their personal guard are imprisoned. And uh, and the story fast forwards to the modern day where the where Wonder Woman has to contend with the secret society of supervillains nice. led led by one Captain Nazi. 
Wow. Yeah. Hey, that brings me back to something. Yeah. You said Ares was Wonder Woman's biggest villain. Yeah. That's a lie. We looked this up. We researched it. <laughs> you and I, Maurice. <laughs> we we looked at it and we're like, mm-hmm. Victor's a friggin' liar. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. He's a goddamn fucking liar. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was referencing the 2009 animated film where Ares was the main villain oh, in that film. Gotcha. But Cheetah was a villain. That was, that was a good look. You yeah. get that one. Yeah, well, we, were, we were researching. You actually guessed one right. <laughs> yeah, but I was referencing. I, was, I said zebra. I wasn't. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, I was. Refer- okay. I was referencing the film. Gotcha, gotcha. I have to watch that film now. Is that on Netflix by any chance? Uh, it was for a time, mm-hmm. but you'd have to get the disc. And DC animated stuff is fantastic. It was decent. Yeah, that was that yeah. was decent. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it, it's a it's a really it's a really cool it's a really cool story. Plenty of action, and there's also like another separate uh, short short two part short story at the end, mm-hmm. where she has to fight this ruthless alien race. Which is uh, and, and their biggest enemy is one of the uh, Green Lantern Corps members. Which mm, one? Uh, Interesting. I for, forget his name. He's like I think he's like a one-off character. He, oh, okay. He's not a human or. Anything. Yeah, he's an alien. It's not the big pig guy. I like him. Nah, he's someone else. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, what I what I like about this uh. What, about, what I like about this story is that it takes some of the more, what you would think of as the more hokier elements of Wonder Woman, like for example, the lasso of truth, because you would think that that's, that sounds pretty silly, mm-hmm. but as illustrated in the in the circle, the lasso of truth is presented presented as a really terrifying tool, like where she... Where I wouldn't she, want that shit on me. You're like, <laughs> shit off. Like where she... Like, <laughs> fuck. Like where she wraps it around one person, um, one villain, you kind of see like you dive right into their subconscious and you see like some of their deepest, darkest fears that's cool. illustrated. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reduces them to like a blubbering mess. Yeah, and I like to see how I like to see how that would be illustrated in the Wonder Woman live yeah. action film. That would be cool. I know, yeah, I never thought that was a. I, I've heard people say it, you know, hokey, kind of silly. I never really mm-hmm. thought that for the Lasso truth. Maybe the Invisible Jet, but yeah, Lasso. Yeah. yeah, the yeah the Invisible Fleet. They actually they actually present it in a more realistic kind of creative way. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me more about this Captain Nazi. He sounds like a real nuanced character. <laughs> yeah, Ca- Captain Nazi. He was a he's a misunderstood guy. You know. <laughs> Uh, with a misunderstood ideology. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, Captain Nazi is essentially this big hulking uh, armored brute who's leading this uh, this squadron of armored neo-Nazis. Does he have a red face by any chance? Uh, he doesn't have a red face. He's not a red skull uh, clone, mm-hmm. although that would have been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Gimmick infringement, but yep. cool nonetheless. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, it's, it, they pro- they provide some good action fodder. Oh, and also the circle also prov- also features a, 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 a humanoid gorilla army that fights at Wonder Woman's side. Gorilla, so there's Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, Gorilla Grodd's awesome. Yep, Hello, I Grodd. support that. any gorilla that is sentient, super sentient, and can fight humans, mm-hmm. including Planet of the Apes, all yeah. that stuff, <laughs> and the new ones. Although I haven't seen the really really new one. Yeah, nice. Don't yeah. have a plan of the so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Wonder Woman, The Circle, definitely that's another one I recommend checking out. Mm-hmm. And uh, last, uh, there was a quote from Gail Simone who um, talked about the talked about the character. She said, uh, she said, uh, when you need to stop an asteroid, you get Superman. When you need to solve a mystery, you call in Batman. But when you need to end a war, you get Wonder Woman. And that's and that's and that's and that's a pretty apt quote because you get to see her di- diplomacy skills at work, and her diplomacy skills are just as formidable as her brawn. So that's that's a key element too. What if there's an asteroid mystery that's causing the war? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you get the Justice League. <laughs> there you go. Good call. Good call. <laughs> nice. Yep. I'll, I'll check those out. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, those, those actually sound interesting. Because I know in the future we want to have a, a if, we, if we can, have a super comic book um, specific episode, maybe dive in. So by yeah. the time we have that episode, I'd like to have those read, maybe uh, get a deep dive into those. That's yeah. pretty cool. Because I like to expand my horizons. Uh, uh, I've been reading anything else, or you have Let's see. I do have one more book uh, to mention. Um, and this one is actually a, not, not a graphic novel, but a pretty exciting one. I like the cover. I love yeah, that I cover. <laughs> yeah, this was a book written by Tom Reese. It's called The Black Count. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glory, Revolution, Betrayal, and the Real Count of Monte Cristo. And wow. yeah, this book is a true life uh, story about the life and career of Thomas Alexander Dumas, who was a French general who was the father of Alexander Dumas, the author of The Count of Monte Cristo and th- The Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. And this book, which is brilliantly researched, in fact, it won a Pulitzer Prize in 2012. Um, this book uh, takes you through the life, life and career of uh, Thomas Alexander Dumas, who was, uh, who was the first uh, black general in the French army. Uh, he was actually born in uh, 1762 in uh, Saint-Domingue, which is now known as Haiti. And he was born to a... a to a, a, fr- a French aristocrat and a, and a Haitian slave. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting is that his father, uh, Dumas' father, Antoine, who was, the, um, who was the aristocrat, he was kind of like a mooch. He was kind of mooching off his younger brother, who was a big plantation owner in uh, one of the, um, in one of the uh, biggest plantations in the northeast of Haiti, which, which incidentally was called Monte Cristo. And, and, and he was kind of mooching off his brother, and there was one day where he attacked him and then he took three of his slaves, one of one of whom was uh, uh, Thomas's uh, mother, and he took took them, raised them as his own. And then there was um, like some some like twenty years later or so, uh, Antoine hears about an, an inheritance that he's that he's going to get in France. So what he does is that he realizes that he doesn't have enough money to afford the ship fare to get to Haiti to France. So what he does is he actually sells his kids, including Thomas Dumas. And, and oh, he actually wow. sells them to get the fare, to get the fare to get to go to France to get his inheritance. And then once he gets, to, gets his inheritance, he actually goes back to Haiti, repurchases his son, and then takes him back to France, where he raises him in uh, in the aristocratic life. Wow. And uh, and his and his son uh, um, actually grows up. Uh, in, by the age of twenty four, he joins the uh, French army as a as a private. And then he rises through the ranks, and he's seen as a really formidable warrior. He's kind of six foot tall, you know, kind of handsome, very regal. Mm-hmm. Um, he learns all about military strategies, sword fighting. Now, is this um? Is it a a biography or a memoir or a fictional? Uh, it's a biography. Okay, and, cool. and, it's, and it's true life. Gotcha. And. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, non-fiction. yep, it's a it's a nonfiction book. In fact, uh, Th- uh, Thomas Dumas he actually served in the French army during the French Revolution, and he was the highest ranking black officer in any European army in history. Oh. In fact, he was the highest. Uh, him and uh, uh, there was another one, Toussaint Louverture. They were the two highest uh, ranking black black officers until. Colin Powell in 1989 when he became a four-star general. Oh, crap. Wow, that's yeah. legit, man. Um, that yeah, actually sounds really cool. Sometimes yeah. the truth is better than fiction. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, not stranger, God's not stranger. So that's, oh. legit. I, that's legit, dude. Yeah. Thanks, Vic. I'll be borrowing. <laughs> actually, you're actually the audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, couple, a uh, couple facts I want to mention, too. Like um, uh, During the French Revolution, uh, Dumas actually led a group of mixed-race swordsmen called the Free Legion of Americans. They were, they were nicknamed the Black Legion by the French oh. army. And uh, at the age of 31, Dumas actually commanded 53,000 troops. 
um, in the French Army of the Alps, and mm. during the, their battle against uh, Austria, against the Austrian Empire, to trying to think, of, they were trying to liberate uh, Lib Italy, I believe. And it, there was there was one scene in the in the book where during that battle in the Alps, uh, uh, Thomas Dumas like single handedly he actually fended off 13, 13 soldiers on his own with just one sword. Damn. Sweet. He's and like, he's like, Peter Christensen playing Anakin Skywalker. Uh, do not besmirch Thomas Dumas' name. <laughs> so when, when's the movie coming out? Funny, <laughs> funny you mentioned that. I really want to see a movie. I, I hear that there was rumors of there, there being a movie in production. Pirates of the Caribbean? Um, hopefully not Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, okay, um, I really do want to see either a movie or better yet, I, I'd love to see an HBO miniseries yeah. of, of his yeah, life. Like in the kind of like in the style of John Adams, mm. like starring Paul Giamatti, that would be totally awesome. Oh yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome, yeah for sure. And, and then later you hear about uh, his, uh, his beef with Napoleon, who really took exception to him. Like, cause Napoleon, he did. <laughs> yeah, cause Na Napoleon, you know, he kind of had a grudging respect for him because he respected him as a as one of his most formidable mm -hmm. enemies. But then, when it was crunch time, I think there, during a failed campaign in Egypt, uh, Napoleon actually took an opportunity to kind of discredit him yeah, entirely. Yeah. They That's called why. the Napoleon complex for nothing. Yeah, and uh, and what Napoleon did when uh, towards the end of uh, Thomas Dumas' life was pretty effed up in many ways. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, this is a book I highly recommend. It's called The yeah. Black Count, Don't and spoil uh, the ending. I, read. I won't spoil it. Um, but if you're interested in nonfiction and if if you're interested in really engrossing uh, true life tales, mm -hmm. I definitely recommend this one. This was a book that for me, I had a hard time putting down. So mm -hmm. definitely check it out at your earliest convenience. Well, definitely make note of that. That sounds yeah, cool. Sounds awesome. Anything else in the, the docking you got there? Um, let's see. Well, I do have well one more book. One more book I just want to briefly mention, and 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 I'll briefly mention this because this book is pretty well known among you know comic book fans. It's called uh, Arkham Asylum: mm -hmm. Serious House on Serious Earth, which is uh, written by Grant Morrison, illustrated by Dave McKean. And this book was this book is actually one of the more one of the most well known and beloved Batman uh, graphic novels. And this book, what I love about it too is like the whole story is about there's like a riot at Arkham Asylum and all the villains are on the loose and Joker is basically giving Batman an ultimatum. Like, yeah, I played that uh, game. Yeah, mm. basically like you, if you do, got to do things my way or I kill a hostage every, you know, 30 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting elements is that Two-Face in the story, like he, his, his psychological treatment, because you know how he relies on the coin to decide everything, yep. where he's, his, his, his treatment is such that He's he reaches the point where he can't decide anything at all. Like even to go to the bathroom, he can't. He he's totally perplexed. <laughs> so he ends up shitting himself. Oh <laughs> Jesus! I don't remember that from the game. <laughs> and um, oh Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really awesome about this story too is the art style by uh, yeah, Dave McKean. Art style is super awesome. Yeah, it's and dope. it's yeah, it's dope. It's no, like, I didn't notice that when I was yeah, asking him to do that. Yeah, it's, it's super macabre, very dark in mm -hmm. it. And like you kind of see how Batman's perceived by the Joker and the other inmates. Batman's kind of seen as this dark apparition, not so much as a person. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you also hear about um, the story of Amadeus Arkham, his origins, why he yep. created the asylum. Yep. And his story is pretty effed up too. So, cool. yeah, if you're into kind of horror elements, definitely check that one out. Nice. Cool, nice. cool. So I'll be borrowing this. <laughs> Just leave those over there, and I'll take care of them. I'll take them under um, consideration. We did have we did have a Facebook comment when I asked some people who were reading, mm -hmm. and uh, Randy and Angela, I saved this one for you. Oh. Um, he says, I feel like the hosts should read and discuss a Confederacy of Dunces mm. uh, by tomorrow's recording. Which three of us have? Have you read it? 
I've heard of it for I've years. Read it, I read, read it. it. No, nope, that's why it's for you, Edge. And actually, and, and, no, and then he did say, and actually read it, not listen to someone else read it. Yeah. <laughs> so no audio. Yeah. So what was the? I think he what, wants re- to, He just wants to hear. About yeah, it? I think he just wants to hear about it. Has he read it? Do we yes. know if he's read it? Yeah. Oh yes, and he enjoys it. Yeah, he loved I it. Like, it's his favorite book of all time. I told I, you that before. I feel like Randy and yeah. I, from what I hear, have quite a bit in common. Yeah. It is. You know that Angela was coming on, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> It's not fair. We can't tell these things ahead of time. So, I mean, it's one of my favorite books of all mm-hmm. time. Um, it is just a hilarious fiction. I am more of a nonfiction girl. I like memoirs. I like the real stuff. I kind of um, it's what I kind of gravitate gravitate to. I like. You just read um, the one the uh, she was the roadie. What was that one? The. The, the groupie story? Groupie, yeah, I, I do, sorry, I why, do yeah. love stories about groupies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can admit. Um, but, like, some of my favorites are, you know, The White Album by Joan Didion. That's a collection of essays that she wrote. Not necessarily memoir stuff, but um loved, like, David Sedaris still, uh, David Foster Wallace stuff. But, uh, yeah, so A Confederacy of Dunces I read on the recommendation of a friend when I was in high school by John Kennedy Toole, and it's just a hilarious story about this 30-year-old dude who is looking for a job in kind of the hijinks that ensues in New Orleans, and he's kind of this super spoiled and self-centered genius. So he's super smart. He's really, really academic, but he's also a baby who can't really take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just probably the first book that I ever read that actually made me laugh out loud. It was just the most hilarious. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I... There were rumors quite a long time ago about a movie coming out, movie adaptation or film ad- adaptation starring uh, Will Ferrell. Uh-huh. That never came to light. <laughs> I think on IMDb that it still may be up there. Uh, I, I'm not for sure certain, but I mean, it's really just a hilarious book. It's a hilarious I don't think it's like, because you see comedies, you watch comedies, you listen to comedy albums. I've never actually read a comedy uh, book, so that's probably, I would assume that's a really good one to start with, because you and Randy both said it's hilarious, so I'm going to have to take your word for it, because I trust you both more than anyone I trust in my life, so. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, it's, it's, and now I trust Randy. <laughs> I really trust his taste. It's, 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 really it's so shouldn't. good. <laughs> I trust Randy. <laughs> but he does seem to have some good taste, and, uh, particularly in, in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one that I try to read every, every few years. I think I tried yeah. to get you to read it. I did try at briefly. At some point. Um, it's a bit lengthy. It's not, there's no, there's no wizards. There's so. no wizards, I know. <laughs> we'll get to that. It's something I'm trying to expand my, that's why I really like this episode, because I'm trying to expand my horizons with the uh, biographies. If you mm-hmm. had to recommend a memoir to start with for someone, what would you be, what would your idea be? A memoir? Yeah. Um, my, see, I don't know if this is, um. No, it's, it, go for it. I'm trying to think of what I would start with. Maybe, so David Sedaris, he writes books that are a collection of, of stories, or always memoirs. Mm. I like Naked, that's my favorite. I know David Sedaris is probably most well known for Me Talk Pretty One Day, which is also hilarious, and um, I actually have that and what is that book on tape. Collection. Oh, Eric would like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> collection of, of stories as out. well. <laughs> Uh, it's oh, just short, hilar- short, different short stories, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it, it's hilarious, but all related to like, his childhood, okay. different experiences that he's had. Naked yep. is, is really, really good. Uh, the Glass Castle uh, is a really good memoir. I mean, I just kind of what, what is love homelessness. Okay. It's, I mean, it's super... No, there's a lot of different things out there. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I've really... like Most recently, I've been getting... Uh, 
before you go forward. Yes. What is the difference between a memoir and an autobiography? I think a memoir is written by the person. Is an autobiography written by, written by the person? Not necessarily. It is. I so think somebody but, can like help you do it. I think. Well, <laughs> so I my understanding, and uh, Victor can probably clarify. From what my, from my understanding is that autobiography is you write the story of like your entire mm-hmm. life or experience, yep. and like, but a memoir is collections of those stories. I mean, yeah. not yeah, not necessarily like always a collection because I've read memoirs that are just a straight story but it's just kind of that portion mm-hmm. yeah. oh, okay so because sometimes we have like sequels to the so like The Rock says is like a memoir because it, it's up until a certain point for the so Rock. like when presidents write a memoir it's the memoir of their presidency is, yeah. is, that, is that kind of yeah. what it is kind of sort of it's just like a a, a a specific moment or moments in their lives okay. but not necessarily like the whole big picture so, so if yeah. I wrote a memoir about my time in college like a yeah, story about yes. my time in college okay. like that would gotcha. be more of a memoir than my autobiography okay I gotcha that's what I was wondering that yeah because I was because this is a so biography we got here uh, for the black count yep. um, and then autobiography just write your time. okay makes sense yep. I like it Sure. I learned something too. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like, I like knowing about people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different and walks of life. Experiences and things that they've they've gone through. I'm I'm not uh, actually super into fantasy or science fiction related to uh, like novels or series or mm-hmm. reading. Um, mm-hmm. I like mostly watching that stuff. But I do like Stephen King. He's one of my favorites. So currently, I am reading Rose Matter by Stephen King, and that's one of his many, many, many books. Um, and the greatest thing about Stephen King is if you're a fan of him, you can find any of his books in like thrift stores or yard sales. You, you can, can probably trip and find fall like and a you probably tripped over a Stephen King book. Literally, yeah. I have. <laughs> I mean, and they're so cheap. Like uh, yeah. my brother Craig and I, so he kind of buys the the Stephen King books that I don't have, so mm-hmm. we don't kind of like overlap. Nice. But um, if you thrift i think i got this book it had a two dollar sticker on it so i think it was about two dollars uh but it's it's oh he bought i was gonna say yeah that makes sense yeah, <laughs> okay. it, so i mean if you're a fan of the genre so i know stephen king is mostly seen as kind of like this horror fiction writer um you know and, and that's the majority of his work uh rose matter doesn't really deviate from that too much uh, it's essentially about this woman, Rose Daniels. She is in an abusive relationship, mm. and um, she flees her husband. And it's not just the the thing that I really like about this is that it depicts domestic violence in a very realistic way. It's not necessarily things that we'd see in movies or on TV. It kind of paints it as because she's the one that's letting you in on her. Is there a music video with Mary from Lord of the Rings in it? <laughs> Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> just making uh, sure. Just clarifying. No, no, no. What is it a reference to? I'm sorry. <laughs> that I'm was um, Eminem's song, um, Through the Window Pane, whatever that one. Stan. No, no, that was it's a crazy not, fan. It's not Stan. Um, I'm just going to stand there and watch you burn or something like that. I don't sing, so I'm not going to sing. Don't be yeah, sad. it's the song, <laughs> that he, the song that he did with Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mary yeah. was in there? You did the music video. Yeah, it was Mary. Oh. And uh, is it Love the Way You Lie? Yeah. It is. Yes, yes it is. Boom. And, yeah, Megan Fox. And Megan Fox. But it was like a really, it was, it was some... Really? Yeah. Wait, but they co- are kind of both beating each other up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just remember there was, a, I was reading back then, there was like different things. Like, oh, this is like a big 
dramatic Hollywoody, making it sexy, making it super sexy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so obviously. But it's cool to see. Okay, so Stephen King tackle that's pretty interesting. Which is interesting because I never knew that he wrote a book about this because that's actually one of the topics that I'm most interested in life. Was this pre or post drugs for Stephen King? So that explains a lot. (laughs) And I'm not sure. I actually don't know the date of Rose Matter. Okay. Because it is one that I kind of just picked up haphazardly, yeah, 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 not yeah. really knowing. Okay. Um, I would. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna venture to guess post. Okay. It's. We could always look into it afterwards too. I'm just a little curious. Sure. But I totally interrupt you as you were speaking. About no, no, no. That's totally fine. So I like it because it kind of. It, speaks on domestic violence in a very realistic way Mm -hmm. told through the perspective of this woman who's going through it kind of you know the outside perception of what people might think of her why she doesn't necessarily leave her husband so the whole kind of idea is that she does end up escaping Mm -hmm. her husband's a police officer and that kind of like ties into he's a detective and ties into the whole thing she ends up escaping uh, and it kind of talks about the steps that she has to take to get to this a domestic violence shelter, like mm-hmm. a safe house. And then she gets a job actually reading uh, books for books on tape. Like she has a really nice voice. Ooh, they say she's, like, she's like a young Elizabeth Taylor, I think is how they like her voice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so she gets hired to do that. She's making her own money. She has her own apartment. Um, but of course her husband, uh, Norman, is following her. Like he's yeah. figured out, he's got, he kind of takes over her her thought process, so to speak. So he's a detective, so he's kind of like, okay, what would my wife do here, here, and there? Uh, He ends up in the same place that she is. I actually have not finished, so I'm currently like right smack in the middle. Um, What's an interesting thing about Stephen King, and this is probably why maybe some people don't really like him or can't really get into it, is he does have a lot of like supernatural, kind of these paranormal, abnormal elements, stuff that wouldn't happen necessarily in real life. so for this particular book, what's interesting is that it's very, I mean, from the get-go, it's very realistic. There's nothing fantastical about it. It's a woman in, in a horrible marriage. Uh, when she is on her own, she goes to a thrift store and she finds a painting. And the painting is of this like really strong woman, uh, or, or she's like depicted as having like this strong stance. Uh, her clothing, the coloring, and then she hangs this picture up in her, this painting up into her apartment. She's very, very taken with the painting for some reason. She doesn't quite understand why it like speaks to her. But as the story progresses, this, the picture starts to change. Mm-hmm. Like things are kind of being added in the background. She doesn't know if, you know, she noticed that before. Um, and I'm not even sure what it means yet. Steven always has a really, really good, does a good job mm-hmm. of, um, you know, kind of putting these elements into books and then speak to you know many different or can be mean many different things cool. we don't want to spoiler alert just yet no and I couldn't even tell you what it is oh, yeah. uh, but I mean the point that I am in the book right now is that her she receives a phone call from one of her friends that says that her husband has come um, it's coming from inside town. the house he's not com- the call is <laughs> <laughs> not quite but okay. but possibly oh, it could goodness. be getting that way but he they're, they call her and they say, you know, your husband has killed this man. Mm-hmm. And so this particular man was the one that told um, Rose where to go for the safe home. Mm-hmm. So this, her husband found him and uh, bit him to death. 
What? What? It's Ouch. a really graphic Whoa. story. So, yeah, and that's like one of his his methods is that he bites people to death. So even when he was when they were together, when Rose and Norman were together, he would bite her on her honey on their honeymoon. The first night of their honeymoon, he bit her, and that's how she kind of knew. Like this is not your average person. Person. <laughs> pretty kinky. Or even. Yeah, like it, I mean, there beans. are a lot of elements in it that are are pretty crazy. Um, mm. So I am at that part right now. But so far, I I love it. The only reason why it's been taking me so long to finish it is I've just been busy. Yeah. Otherwise, it probably would have been finished in, in a couple days. Cool. So it's really good. It's re it's you know along the lines of all the Stephen King books that I do enjoy, but it is different because it's a subject matter that is important. Yeah, absolutely. No, he has a lot. Didn't even realize that book existed. Me neither. I had no idea. Hmm. He's got so many. I was so excited. Be, I was like, yeah. domestic violence topic. Like, <laughs> this is this is just so different than anything I've ever yeah. read. But. Yeah, and that stuff. That he, Professionally, yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. He does a lot of he does yeah he does some good stuff. There's more. I want to pick up of his um, the Dark Tower series and Trey. I'll mention real quick when we get to that, that one. So that book so, totally sounds like a Lifetime movie. So you know what? And it, and that's the thing. Like it totally. My paraphrasing of it obviously does it no good. Just oh, I mean, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that in a negative light, by the way. I'm not. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I. But I feel like most people equate Lifetime movies to like the kind of corny cheesy. I, I guess. I equate it to just the dude is super evil and the woman's like totally cool. Like that that's what I see about lifetime movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's always the guy's fault. Well it's a lifetime channel for women. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> did you know that? No, I did. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like the first Spike TV it was a channel for men all over were crazy. Actually I don't think they call themselves a channel for men anymore. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um so Future Shades a great review, followed by um, the sequel to Mockingbird and then review for What's it called again? I'm sorry. That's Rose King. Matter. Rose Matter. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'll remember that. My wife might like that. My wife actually uh, just uh, started volunteering at a woman's shelter. Oh, hey! There you go. Awesome. Remember how I told you my wife loves to do all this kind of stuff? That's like nice one. things? Yeah, nice yeah, things yeah, for, yeah. for people. Right. That's I'm great. like me. She's totally the opposite. Yeah, I'm just going to read comic books all day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> With all my free time. Where are you going? Helping people? Battered women? I'll sit here playing Batman. <laughs> We actually don't say battered women. Battered is for like fish and chips. <laughs> oh, I get it. Nice. Which I, <laughs> I like that. That was good. Nice. Okay. Hey, that was my own term. My wife has never used it. <laughs> I don't know why that came to my head. Battered women. I've, it's that, like a very old school term. Yeah, that, that's definitely you said before. Stephen King. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds like an interesting book, actually. It is. Now we're so we're second. laying some knowledge to our listeners too, so now everyone will go forth and tell the world about these books and pr proper terms to use. Yeah, mm -hmm. some events. So that's cool. So yeah, um, let us know how that how that turns out. No spoilers, so Absolutely. for our listeners. Um, Aerith, hey, what you been reading? I've been reading a lot. Yeah. So Maurice, that's me. Thanks to you <laughs> and Randy. I've gotten uh, into reading quite heavily <laughs> recently. It all started when you at work were telling the tale of a young lad, a red-haired fellow named Quilf mm -hmm. from the King Killer Chronicles. Yep. Uh, the first book is uh, The Name of the Wind. Yep. And uh, that sounded real interesting to me. So uh, I am the exact opposite of Angela. 
Uh, I don't want to read a damn thing about a real person. Screw those guys. They suck. You suck. <laughs> like, I'm real. I don't need to hear about other real people. I'm right. enough. Right. Why do I need to read about you? You're not interesting, bro. No, oh, that, that, Actually, that, that black Napoleon dude does. <laughs> I want to read him. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, I, uh, I ended up purchasing a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Kindle uh, Paperwhite off of uh, our co-worker and uh, good friend Jordan <laughs> <laughs> who uh, no longer wanted to read. Yeah, he tried. I recommended the the Hob- Okay, so you're, just real quick. Mm-hmm. First thought. Go ahead. Someone that never read in their life. What book do you recommend them to read? Hobbit for me. Hobbit's fine. Harry Potter would have probably been some more contemporary. Yeah. That would have yeah. been fine. But Hobbit's good. For books, just read. Oh, I've never I, read before. Little Women. Okay. No, that's good. That's, that's good. No, yeah. But I don't know. I was thinking of Jordan. Yeah, uh, you don't know Jordan. You, you would never movie. recommend no, Little Women to Jordan. Uh, but, why, but, but why not? Because he's Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't want, he doesn't want to read one of the, the most It is a classic. Days. I want to tell him to read it now. Uh, Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury. Yeah, 1984. There you go. Yeah. No, I would probably recommend Harry Potter. <laughs> so he's mostly into... He's not into anything. That's the problem. So, yeah, they could, he, he could so love it. He so could love it. He could very narrow-minded... This is the thing. It has to be something super easy to get into. Yeah. Like, sim- like I don't everyone's read simple, the- but just something easy to get into. Everyone's read The Hobbit. Except for Jordan. Except for Jordan. But, but you, just, you think that's easy to get into? Because a lot of people... It's a children's book. For children. I definitely read that when I was in like middle school. For sure. I'm just like wondering ch- because if he, he's mm-hmm. older now, I don't know. Well, listen, we talked about the Wonder Woman a lot on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I'm reading a lot of Wonder Woman. I, 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 Little Woman is a great book. But I'm just, I, I, but like just someone that's literally never read a book in their entire life. <laughs> wow. Ever? Oh, no, come ever. on. Ever. Okay. That. Well, I don't know. I don't know Jordan. <laughs> he is a special case. Jordan. Excuse me. He is a special case. But just someone like, I want to get into reading. And he also kind of alluded to, what do you guys read? And I only read fantasy. Oh, then he should he should read Factotum. What is that? By Charles Bukowski. Because that is just like nitty gritty, super entertaining. Not really much of a... Cool. Story. I mean, there's a story, but it's for mm. like... It's all about kind of like this yeah, one yeah. dude, very working, middle mm. class, mm. alcoholic. I mean, it's entertaining. I had to read it for school. I enjoy it. Cool. I think it's easy to, to get into and finish. Uh, maybe Jordan can read Life of Pi. It's a really good novel. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I was, I was, I said anyone, and then as you said your answers, I was thinking of Jordan. Is thinking a little okay. Uh, yeah. If this we recommend sure. Life of Pi to Jordan, yeah, I have a feeling his answer would be, "I'll just watch the movie." <laughs> well, you get, was a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great movie, and plus you get the same experience either way. Sure. So yeah. Well, that's. I just feel that's a good question to ask the the round table. Um, I will recommend all of those to Jordan. He probably won't read any of them, though. No. He couldn't even get... He read, like, the first chapter of The Hobbit and then stopped. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. Aris. Please continue. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so started with uh, the Kingkiller Chronicles. I read books one and two in a jiffy on my Kindle um, so that we can discuss. We started the book club yep. at work, yep. which is just us standing up in our cubes and talking <laughs> about books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- that book series is awesome. So... Um, it's a fantasy series, like Maurice uh, mentioned earlier. It's about uh, this young uh, lad named Quoth. He is a gypsy. He comes from a line of gypsy folk. Uh, and uh, basically, it's it's about his, uh, his adventure. It's kind of a grand tale. Um, I wouldn't say in the vein of, like, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's a cool the structure. Wor- the world is sort of... It's like... Uh, 
God, Harry Potter mixed with, because it's got like a school component uh-huh. where he goes to the university where, mm-hmm. where he learns like the magic stuff in this in this uh, series is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. There's a lot of cool uh, action uh, scenes in there. There's a love story that's actually not half bad, even though I really <laughs> hate the main love interest. I hate her so much. So it's a testament to the series that I'm actually still reading, even though I hate her so much. So the fact that this author made me hate her this much is, is a testament to him. Good for him. Yeah. Hey, good job. Nice. I can't believe the main character likes her, but hey, more power to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's, this is this is two two of a trilogy out released so far. Yeah, so we're waiting on book three right now. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, really really great. Um, I had a buddy of mine, uh, actually uh, regular emailer Furman. I had him pick up uh, the Kingkiller Chronicles, and he also hated her. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Screw her. <laughs> worst. What was her name again? She's the worst. Yeah. Denna. Denna's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the, those the way she really treats cool. the main character is what we're getting at. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's weird why she's very just... aloof. Like she doesn't return any of his affection, but the entire time he's like, "I love her so much." And then in the background, I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> she she shows you no affection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's it's kind of. Uh, you know, it's got a cool established world. Uh, it's got established rules for the magic, which I always like when a series has rules for its magic. I don't like where a story is kind of like a world where anything goes. I really hate that. So mm-hmm. that's why I really appreciate um, the Kinkiller Chronicles. I also appreciate Dresden quite a bit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Codex Alara, same thing. Um, where, you know, there's there's got to be something. There's a structure. The, yeah, you can't just like spit fire all the yeah. time. You can't do that. You just never figure this one. Cool. No. Um, um, he tra- supply of fire. So he travels the he ends up uh, traveling the world for for uh, various reasons or another, some of them out of his own control. I don't want to like, you know, ruin anything, but it's got a, a sort of a on the road component where he kind of gets together with a group of buddies and uh, you know, they go off into the wilderness and there's cool stuff that happens there. He gets to kind of learn about other cultures, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty uh, pretty interesting as well, because um, a lot of that stuff is sort of different from his where you kind of get to see that he has a, a view of uh, this certain culture uh, from afar, but once he ends up meeting the people um, that make up this culture and actually becomes immersed in it, you you get a much deeper like. It's cool how the author kind of frames it, where you from an outsider's perspective in the beginning they look weird, like you have no idea why these folks are the way they are. But then once the main character becomes immersed in their culture, everything makes perfect sense and then you think back to everything that was happening with those specific characters before he went to their land and whatnot and you're like oh shit like that stuff is actually a lot cooler now Mm -hmm. because now i understand what was going on uh, at that point in the story um so kind of little things like that um that that are really cool about that series and the structure is really cool because it's actually set in the present day and there's a, a chronicler he finds the hero, the protagonist. Yes. He he's running an inn. So everybody thinks he's dead. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so that's how the book starts. And like everyone thinks the hero's dead. Yeah. And it's him telling a story over three days. So yeah. each book is one day of him telling a story. Yeah. So he like owns this inn and he wants to just stay out of for some reason or another. And they keep alluding to him killing a king. Right. Hence the king. <laughs> but they never really like yeah. go into any detail about what. So we're just waiting on day three yeah. to see. You know. Which is this king yeah. is going to pretty and they allude, get it. allude to issues in the present day that might lead to something like they're trying so they're trying to wake up 
the hero in him because he like he's retired. He wants nothing to do with it. And you, they imply that there's something wrong with him. Yeah, and, and around, around the world itself, like right. things ain't that good. But it, like bandits roving the the land. Yeah, and things yeah. Like that. And everyone tells stories about him, and he's telling the true story about. Yeah, he's about just it. I don't know if that's true. He's, he's right. He could he be strikes me as an unreliable narrator, yeah, 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 man. Yeah, I don't know. True. It's told from his own perspective. Yep. So a, some of that stuff, you're like, is that true? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like, even the other characters kind of question him, too, as he's telling the story. Like, they're like, bro, are you, are you serious right now? That did not happen. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely recommend that. Um, uh, I want to get to my Stephen King experience in a minute, but I would be remiss not to mention the Dresden Files. Yep. I feel like me and you, we've, we formed a bond with Mary <laughs> Dresden. <laughs> the Dresden Files are amazing. I actually heard about the Dresden Files from my brothers, specifically the one that loves Superman. Wow. So you can thank him for that. You actually did something right in the world. Hey, nice job, Matt. The one thing in your entire life that you've done right. Um, and, of course, your children and your wife. They all, they did great oh, he's married? He's got children? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I saw your pictures. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, don't push your love of Superman. <laughs> but, uh, but so Dresden, that is where if you are an aspiring reader of fantasy or procedurals mm-hmm. or files mm-hmm. or Dresden, mm-hmm. that's where I would start. Yeah. These are awesome. And they're yeah. quicker, not, not they're quicker reads. Yeah. Right? yeah but it's, you know, easier reads, but, uh, they're not, they're not as dense as some of the other stuff we've mm-hmm. mentioned here. So the first book is, um, it's a little bit of a, rough read because I think he, he wrote that while in college. Either in, yeah, either he started in college or he's really, really young or just yeah. out of college, but this 15 out so far. Right. This dude writes like a fiend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got 15 Dresden novels out. Yep. Six Coder Stellara novels and He has out. another series He's starting a new out. series coming out this year. Damn. Jim George Butcher that, is the That Mario can't write another page <laughs> to save his life. I was waiting for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> dude's on so his grind. The Dresden yeah. files, okay. I'm into, and some some of us here are into Japanese anime. The Dresden Files, I compare sort of to a Japanese manga. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Dragon Ball Z or Naruto, and the fact that nice. it starts too. off. I'm sorry. There are graphic novels too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So, um, yeah, it, it reminds me of just because uh, when the story starts. Harry Dresden, he's sort of a, a uh, he's an established wizard, but mm-hmm. he's kind of a fledgling wizard where he doesn't, he has not come into his power yet. Yeah, he's younger compared to all the other wizards out there. Right, so you get to see kind of some of the other guys, and this world, more than like any other, has a lot of rules for the magic mm-hmm. where there's very specific, um, you know, ways and, and, and and limits that that are placed on the use of magic in in that world um so uh you you kind of get to see the other the older guys but like compared to like say harry potter or something like that it's not not as grandiose like wizards they kill anything that's electrical so every wizard like rides around in like a beat-up hoopty (laughs) 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 he drives in like a 1960s beetle and it's just like completely torn apart and beat up because he just keeps getting it repaired and anytime he gets into a new car it just breaks down like within a day (laughs) because of his powers um, so he ends up like incrementally like the first case is is uh, basically you know he, he ends up investigating this murder where um, the the there's a couple um, the book starts with a couple in a hotel and uh, they're doing adult things 
that do not um that do not involve robots. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a, it was a slog to get through this book. I'll say that. Uh, so basically, while they're doing it, their hearts explode out of their chest. Nice. And uh, Harry Dresden is brought in by the Chicago. It takes place in Chicago, so it takes place on Earth. Um, and uh, he's brought in to investigate the murder and what's going on. So it's a murder mystery right off the, the, the bat um, with that. And uh, as the books go on, the stakes get higher, where at first mm. they're very personal, they're very small, they're kind of, uh, you know, it affects a very few people. Um, to, like, book 12 changes mm-hmm. uh, and forward, it's like... They call it changes for a reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. yo, Dresden... You gotta save the world, bro. <laughs> it's on now. Yeah, yeah. So he's a private investigator <laughs> that also happens to be a wizard yes. that lives in the in Chicago, and he's in the Yellow Pages. Yeah. So he got so in his real world, it's it's the way they work with um, is magic. Yeah, but, but the real world doesn't know. Or they try to like make excuses for it if yeah. something big happens. What I like about so what I like about Dresden hilarious. himself and the way that Butcher writes him is that he's not this cool hero where he's always like brooding. And he's just like, oh yeah, I'm totally like gonna win this fight. And every time anybody, he's not Batman. Mm. He gets his ass beat on the regular. <laughs> Dresden catches more ass whoopings <laughs> than any hero I've ever seen. <laughs> Even Daredevil. He catches more ass whoopings than Daredevil. Yes. Goddamn! Like by the end of a like the beginning of a Dresden book, it's him pretty much okay. By the end of a Dresden book, if he's not in a wheelchair, I'm surprised. Yes. Wow. Like he catches ass whoopings. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of he's he's like a jerk. He's very set in his ways. He's a persnickety fellow. Mm. So uh, you know he he just get, ends up getting into shit with people and like just being a asshole to them and giving them like backhanded comments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's it. He's a funny dude. So he's kind of written like as a as a real person, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of flaws. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of flaws. Yeah. Lots. Mm-hmm. But he you know, he, you know he just how come some of them and he yeah, doesn't always, he, and he doesn't always win. Yeah, does always good, win. Good heart. So That's it's not yeah. just yeah, yeah. Over at the end, it's like oh, so, don't worry, sunshine, we're gonna we're gonna go. No, and at no, the first, no, you weren't no. you weren't sure he felt about Dresden at first, but by the time you get to that fifteenth book, you were. I want, sold. I want more right now. <laughs> <laughs> the next one will be coming out. Is it gonna be twenty three in total? Yeah, Butcher, give, give me more Dresden right now. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, yeah, so that that's really cool. I really recommend the Dresden Files. That's one mm. of my favorite series, and um, he, he writes Codex Alera, which is. Interesting, but you mentioned is good. Uh, yeah, so um, that 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 one's cool. Uh, so yeah, what I'm reading right now is the Dark Tower uh, series by Stephen King. Uh, as Angela mentioned before, he's got kind of this reputation as a more of a horror fantasy writer. So I never checked out his stuff because I don't care about horror. Um, and uh, I. I Reading online about different um, interesting series to read, uh, I believe, like the next thing I was going to read was Sword of Truth, mm-hmm. uh, which you had recommended, Maurice, and uh, I ended up basically reading that Dark Tower, Stephen King's um, magnum opus, and I'm like, wait, that dude's got tons of books. <laughs> if that's his magnum opus, I might actually be all right. <laughs> and I read what it is, and I'm like, that's that sounds like it's right up my alley. Uh, so I started reading that, and uh, kind of similar to Dresden, the first book is, is kind of a slog to get through. It's it's, it's good but it's slow it starts out very slow uh, it's called the gunslinger the dark tower book one the gunslinger and uh, it introduces us to roland deschain and uh it basically takes place in this world called midworld uh and this place the, this world has completely just 
captured my my uh, my imagination, my attention. I I love Midworld. I know you've read it. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to have a discussion with you, Angela, about um, the Dark Tower. I'm only on book four. I'm on Wizard in Glass right now, mm-hmm. and. So the thing I find interesting about this is, I, I uh, you know, obviously I know that Stephen King has kind of this reputation for being having weird stories. Like you said, like the one you're reading, the dude just bites people to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And more than more than anything I've ever seen, the Dark Tower just blew my friggin' mind in the mm-hmm. way that first, like in the Gunslinger, we get to kind of slowly be introduced into Midworld. So Roland is this. Uh, Basically, he's he's a cowboy. He he's mm-hmm. a uh, a Clint Eastwood character, um, and, and Stephen King has very much said that um, Clint Eastwood was basically the inspiration for Roland. Yeah. Um, it would have been awesome to see him in in, in a movie, a Dark Tower movie. Um, too old for that now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. probably. Um, but Roland uh, at first seems kind of like this. Um, Kind of a simple character, mm-hmm. where he's he's a dude who's got a goal. He will stop at nothing to uh, achieve that goal, which is to reach the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he's very good with guns. Like, he will he will murder an entire town, and he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Roland just is like a little, not like a backstory, but he is the last person in the long line of gunslingers. Gunslingers, yeah. So he's a knight. Yeah. So the gunslingers are, and, and this is not readily apparent or explained in the first book at all. No. There's a lot of stuff that's not explained right mm-hmm. off the bat in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you end up finding out um, as the series goes on that the gunslingers, like Angela said, are a line of knights which were tasked with protecting the world and stopping mm-hmm. it from moving on, um, which is basically what the world has done. So right. the gunslingers have failed in mm-hmm. their in their duty, mm-hmm. basically, right? Yes. Um, and the and that particular the knights I think they're based on the knights of King Arthur. Yes. Yeah. So he is descended. Um, so their their Arthurian legend uh, is Arthur Eld, which uh, Roland is the last descendant of that line, actually. Um, so it, you as the book goes on, you end up getting introduced to this world, which is just a post-apocalyptic. Like it reminds me of the road. Like it's very yes. bleak, very mm-hmm. brutal um, world where you know the 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 strong basically when they survive and the weak basically get devoured. Mm-hmm. Um, and ev- everything is just destroyed. It's desolate. You kind of get uh, bits and pieces of information as to what has happened in this world to cause it to be the way it is. And that's like, to me, that's the biggest draw of the whole thing. Because I'm like, okay, feed me little little drops of what happened. Let me imagine the rest. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's even better that way. Like, that's awesome. Let, let me, like, let my imagination run wild and, and think about all the horrible shit that's happened in Midworld. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as we continue on, he, he ends up getting uh, into the desert um, about midway through the book. And he ends up meeting this character named Jake Chambers. Uh, in this place in the middle of the desert, this way station. So as he's hunting um, his his target in this book uh, called The Man in Black, uh, who is a wizard, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this world, there is magic, uh, but it, it, it's not... Um, it's not overt. You don't get to see a lot of that stuff right. at all. Um, it's kind of like it's a little bit like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. where uh, it, it's basically sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but that—that's where, to me, like Jake Chambers was where the book in the world really opened up for me because Jake Chambers is from New York. <laughs> <laughs> He's from our world. Right, yes. Right, right, right. So he is from our Earth. 
Uh, and, and he has been transported to Roland's midworld uh, through death. So mm -hmm. he died in New York uh, on purpose, and he was brought over by the man in black, this wizard, Walter. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically that, to me, like that opened up the implications of, wait, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> like Stephen King, why is this kid from New York? Like he's 13, he's 11? 11, 12 maybe? Yeah, he's young for my um, And he, he ends up basically, I won't give any details, but mm -hmm. he ends up uh, taking up with Roland and traveling basically with him for the rest of the way uh, in that book. Um, and, and what happens at the end of that is, is that that's one of the craziest endings to a book like I've, I've, I've read. It was really mm -hmm. cool and... and Okay, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> now, I've read the yeah. first Dark Tower. I've read the rest of them, so I'll definitely want to pick that back up. I know it's... I love the Dark Tower. Yeah. You know, it's so good, because I really, like I mentioned, not really into fantasy. I like horror uh, movies I, and, and stories and stuff. So Stephen King is kind of the exception. Um, but the world that's portrayed... Uh, it's just so interesting. It's kind of it's like a Western meets mm -hmm. Middle Earth yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very like much so. Yeah, it's kind so of he, like a marriage between those two. Yeah, he said like his inspirations were the Lord of the Rings, uh, J.R. Tolkien's world, and uh, like the good, the bad, and the ugly mm -hmm. um, were were big inspirations for him for that um, world as well. So definitely, right, you're you're right on the money with that. I definitely recommend it. I mean, Stephen King just does such a good job of developing characters. I was reading this review the other day, kind of comparing him to Michael Bay. Wow. Like, which I just thought was completely unfair and Because just, the thing is, like, let's just send stuff out. Just like there's, yeah, like, I mean, I guess, Transformers was an amazing movie, especially Rebecca the Fallen. <laughs> just like, I mean, like, actors. No. No, Maurice. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please continue. It's the worst. But <laughs> just, I mean, so I wasn't really sure where that review was coming from. I think it's people have this idea of what Stephen King yeah, is. Yeah, because I have an eyes. idea, you know, and especially popular pop culture. Popular culture, you see Stephen King. I like, feel like oh, people think he's lowbrow. Like, if you read Stephen King, you don't have, uh, or you can't, aren't able to have, like, cosmopolitan taste or academic <laughs> taste or like to read anything he else. But sends books out. But Jim Butcher writes tons yeah, of books. I love him. Brandon Sanderson writes some good stuff, some good fantasy but stuff. But I mean, he it only took him. I want to say 20 years to write The Dark Tower. The last book came out in 2009. The reason I ask about the drugs, because I know half, somewhere halfway through The Dark Tower, at some point, he gets off of it, and then he's like, I have to finish this series because I might kill myself at some point. <laughs> So that's why wow. the last two books yeah, came like a little it, bit faster. It, it, some of like the, the forewords and whatnot of those books, like he goes into detail as to like how that world just keep, kept calling him back and that's like mm -hmm. the one thing where he no matter what else he wrote he kept coming back to mm -hmm. and it just kept haunting him and mm -hmm. you can definitely see why um, so like after the first book uh, you know I kind of discuss this with you where I'm like man that was that that was kind of rough mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed kind of like the seeds that book planted and then from book two on like it hooked nice. completely mm -hmm. friggin hooked it introduces uh, us to uh, Roland's Quartet, which is basically the rest of his party. Like, if you think about it in RPG terms, I would love to play a Dark Tower RPG. <laughs> so I don't know why this hasn't happened, because it's totally structured like an RPG. Um, it probably could. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, he gets, he gets, he forms a party. Yeah. Um, and in the second book, these two characters, uh, the, uh, the second book called The Drawing of the Three, uh, these two characters are introduced, uh, Eddie Dean, who is a uh, cokehead nice. mm -hmm. from New York, mm -hmm. 
uh, is introduced. Uh, he resides in 1987, New York, mm-hmm. uh, and basically he's got uh, he, he's got a really bad habit, um, which is basically ruling his life. He's a prisoner to it, uh, and uh, through. I, I kind of don't want to ruin the way that he gets drawn into Midworld, but um, Roland ends up interacting with him going into New York. Cool. Uh, so it's kind of like this fish out of water mm-hmm. uh, t- kind of situation for Roland, and it, everything becomes very interesting with Eddie Dean. Um, but he's not even the most interesting character Damn. Uh, of that book. Mm-hmm. The most interesting to me, and like, I. Th- th- <laughs> This character, so once Eddie Dean gets drawn, uh, Roland ends up going to 1962 New York, and he ends up meeting uh, Odetta Holmes, Mm -hmm. who is a uh, black woman in 1960s America, Mm -hmm. uh, who happens to be a cripple. She uh, lost her legs, so she is an amputee in a wheelchair, and she is uh, also has multiple personality disorder. So Odetta Holmes mm-hmm. is a very mild-mannered, super sweet, um, like uh, civil rights activist, uh, and you kind of get to see and read uh, her experiences um, in uh, 1960s, uh, early 1960s uh, America uh, in the South, in Mississippi specifically, where some pretty crappy things happened to her and then you get to meet her alter ego Detta Walker who is a walking caricature she is a straight up black face oh Jesus like, yeah. she calls she calls white people honk mafas <laughs> <laughs> she wants to kill all honkies and uh-huh. she is hilarious in just all the worst ways she is a conniving, thieving, just all-around cesspit of a human being. Mm. And the duality of that character ends up getting played up where Roland, instead of drawing Odetta Holmes, ends up drawing Detta Walker at the start. Oh, boy. <laughs> so there's two white dudes here with mm. this crippled woman, <laughs> black woman, who hates white men. So she just ends up like accusing them of all of this terrible shit. Like she is foul mouthed and she's like, oh, you want to rape me, white boy? You want to rape me? Come here and get this boy. Like, God damn. Yo, she goes off. <laughs> she's, a, she's a colorful character for sure. And neither personality is aware of the, the other. other. Right. Like it's wow. just, it's almost, it's just two completely different yeah. characters. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, You've convinced me. I'll pick it back up. You need to. Like, it's seriously, it's one of the best things I've ever read. Now, my ulterior motives for I think I might like The Dark Tower more than I like Dresden. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I love I Dresden so much. So, uh, my ulterior motives to having this podcast is I usually strict, I'm usually strictly fiction. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, fantasy. But I've been noticing over time. As evidenced by these books, all with bookmarks sticking out of them. Mm-hmm. Actually, I finished this book today. Oh, <laughs> nice. Hey, book. nice job. Uh, is that I get through a series, and Codex Alara is another one, and then I reach a point, and I just stop reading it. Yeah. So I need to... You know you know, I said it explains a lot with the drugs, mm. because there's some trippy shit that goes on in yeah, these yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Like my my favorite character is probably besides Roland. Roland's one of the best like characters um, I've read. 
Uh, he's he's a, actually a really deep character, um, and you kind of get to, to see his story explained into a lot more detail where in book four, about midway through the series, mm-hmm. maybe when he got off drugs, <laughs> we end up going back. Like, it, it basically, like, he halts the story, mm-hmm. and it, Roland basically uh, Way too ends much. up Way telling too his much. backstory okay, to cool. his companions. Nice. So nice. you basically get to get a lot more insight into Midworld gotcha. and what the hell happened gotcha. up to that point to make Roland um, the, the the man that he is and he becomes uh, up to that point because he is a he is a hard case like mm-hmm. uh, when we when we begin mm-hmm. the, the story um, and it's kind of like his journey where he he kind of learns to love again man it's, <laughs> it's, it's heartwarming I need something like that it's cool because I hate everyone and everything right except for this I podcast think you do. I think people you do. people recording it <laughs> so the Dark Tower it's absolutely I am enamored with that nice. series so, man it's awesome you guys need to read I that I think when I take I'm going to take a little That's bit of a break stuff. with the fantasy read some of the stuff that Angela and uh, Victor recommended mm-hmm. and then we all take a sway back into the fantasy section because I got to I know I really like the movies catches up on shit, but I just don't want to catch up on some of these books right now. I need to take a break. We've, we've been talking to, man, there's everything. In the I know, there's so much. Bro. No, there's no, so in the Dark Tower, there's oh, everything. You know, we're talking everything. about robot boning? There's, there's my favorite. There's, there's demon boning. Oh, it's totally demon. Even better. There's demons. They bone. They love to bone. Demons nice. love to bone. I've heard that. In the Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you get to a certain book and there's robot boning, just don't tell me because I'll be surprised. Hey, Maurice, i got to yes. ask you something. Yes. You have this pathological obsession with the robot boning, as you call it. That's what, what I just called it. I call it robot banging. Right. Robot boning, banging, whatever. What's your obsession? What's that about? Can you tell us? I think it's hilarious. Because <laughs> they're robots. You're listening to the Codex Prime podcast, and uh, Maurice is all about robot coitus, apparently. No banging. Right. Boning? Robot Dom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Maurice, tell us about what you've been reading. Come on, man. Oh, I'll go, I'll go through it pretty quickly. Um, like I said, I struck with the fantasy pretty strictly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dresden, oh, Codex okay. Alara. Uh, it all started off with Harry Potter back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went to uh, Sword of Truth, which is a really long series. That's what I'll be going on to next yeah. after Dark Tower. And it's 11 books long. And then he started another series with the same some of the same characters. And I've started reading that series. But I don't know if it's because it's been a few years or if because I'm older. But it's not really gripping me like the old one did, which is weird. And I'm trying to determine the reason why. Because, like, the author, Jim Butcher, gets better as Dresden goes on. These ones, they kind of just stay the same through what each series one. series is this? Sort of Truth. Oh, okay. And I still liked it when I read the initial one, but I just feel like he hasn't really grown as an author mm. like you've seen with Jim Butcher. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for a, a fantasy series, that's one to do because it's 11 books long. And they're quicker reads, too. They're all kind of um, self-contained novels. So if one you know one book ends. So if you do need to take a break, like I did when I read the initial series, you can do that. Mm. Uh, it starts with Wizard's, Wizard's First Rule, and each book has a Wizard's Rule in it, which I really like. Um, a series that I, I wouldn't recommend. Well, I mean, if you're a super fantasy buff, would be a Wheel of Time series. Uh, the only problem is it took until yeah. So there's 12 books in total, and once the author gets to like book six, it takes like three chapters just to eat breakfast, wow. and it becomes a super slog. Uh, so I've been wow. stuck on book six, I think, for like George years. R. Martin write that. Take super no, forever during no, scenes. No, but what happened was this author got to book eleven out of twelve and then died. Oh crap! Very selfish of him. Of wow. So that's why a lot of people I think are concerned <laughs> with sucks. with uh, with that happening to Mr. George Martin. Um, 
And but what happened was this is uh, George R. R. Martin said no one will finish the series if that happens, so you'll always have the show to go back to. Maybe that's why he. Well, you know, he'll be dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I'll, I'll finish it. Shit. But I just like it's like you you have a series that passes your books. We'll get to that. But um, actually, when that happened was they finished uh, 11 of the 12 books, and he got to book 12, and he died. And then Brandon Sanderson came in and finished that shit in, like, no time. Just finished it in, like, a year. Because Brandon Sanderson is a good fantasy writer, and he has some good series out there. I'm in the middle of his trilogy, the Mistborn trilogy, which is good. has a female protagonist in it. Interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little, little bit, di- bit different. It has a cool magic system as well. kind of explains it. But I feel like I've been a little fantasied out lately. Mm. Uh, so I definitely want to try some of the books that are recommended tonight. Hey, Black Count, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. and uh, definitely a memoir, not an autobiography. Gross. But I write a biography. <laughs> uh, but uh, a Song of Ice, uh, so it went from, um, I think it was Harry Potter, and I was like, I like the fantasy, I'm going to read, and of course Lord of the Rings and all the classics, but I'm going to read another fantasy. I was just Googling the internet forums, and Sword of Truth popped up, so that's where that came from. That, that was good, I read that a lot back in the, back in the day. Um, Wheel of Time is a classic fantasy series. It's classic, and it's... The, some of those books are really, really good. It just turns into a super, super slog. For me, anyway. And I and I, I could read pretty much, you know, pretty quickly, but I hit a wall with those hard. Um, so it, it's tough. But Jim, it's the reason I like Butcher, Jim Butcher and Dresden because they're easier reads, and I'm not trying to read, like, War and Peace or anything. But maybe I should. I do need a nice break. I need a nice break. And I, I appreciate you guys giving me your recommendations. I'm definitely going to pick some of those up, especially Wonder Woman. <laughs> Indeed, man. Indeed. <laughs> but I'll definitely take a look at those. But some of the series we, uh, we listed was um, for fantasy aficionados like myself. Uh, the Dresden Files, Codex Alara, uh, Mistborn Trilogy, Sword of Truth uh, his series, and, of course, the big famous one, A Song of, a, a, yeah, excuse me, a song of Ice and Fire, yeah. better known now as Game of Thrones. Uh, some of the books that have been released are amazing. Just prepare to wait a while once you get to the end and just... Watch the show, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jon Snow's been dead for so long. That's the thing, yeah. And, uh, you know, when we talk about the Angeles, uh-huh. like, I've known about Jon Snow's demise since 2011, mm-hmm. and it just happened this past year. It did. Mm-hmm. And you asked me and said, Oh, my, like, you, well, you've been waiting this long and you still don't know what happened to him? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. yeah. I, I am not happy with George yeah. R. R. Martin myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, um, I just have a quick question. I know in, in past episodes you've mentioned your disdain for George R. R. Martin, or what you call George Fat Fat Martin. Right. Can you get a, get, get into a little bit of why you I guys have get, some such It's more of a loathing. Loathing. I can't, get, I can't get into. I mean, we're already running a little bit long tonight. I can't give a little bit. I can give a little <laughs> yes. bit. Little, little taste. taste. Little taste. Okay. Well, we started the first book in '96. The second mm-hmm. one came out in '98. The third one in 2000. Wow. Then 2005. Mm-hmm. Then 2011. And now here we are with Notebook in 2015. Mm. My main problem is why do you sign the rights to your book away to a television show that you know comes out once a year when you're still writing the GD book? Like, I've been nice. I haven't spoiled anything for anyone all these years. I've known everything. But now it's going to be everywhere on the internet because it makes sense with TV. It's more pop culture. So you're going to see that stuff. And I can't help that. And it's, it's, it ups, it's very upsetting to me that he did that to his. And I don't want to be like, it's like, oh. You're just a little fanboy. You read his books, but it's like we helped you become who you are. You're TV writer for Beauty and the Beast, and now look at you. And when he was writing some of that stuff, and he kept saying on his blog, like, "Oh, it's gonna come out this month. It's gonna come out this month," and it wasn't. And then he talked about shopping the rights to HBO. And then my main problem with him, and this is this will top it all off, is as everyone is waiting for Dance of Dragons, the fifth book. 
in two that came out in two thousand eleven, he was posting like, "Oh, the show is we casted this person as the show, we casted this person," and I'm like, "You're just trying to distract everyone from the fact that you're still writing that book." And mm-hmm. he initially was supposed to come out in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Wow. Then it was supposed to come out in two thousand eight. Then it was supposed to come out in two thousand nine. And then he deleted my comment on his blog. <laughs> and then it was supposed to come out in 2010. And then Wait, I said... What did you say? What was your comment? Uh, I don't... It wasn't as... It, that was like the tipping point for me. <laughs> that was like um, when Anakin Skywalker, the great Hayden Christensen, was just like... When he just went over that tipping... And he makes me new. He just cut him. He's like, no! I, uh, that was me. Going fully to the dark side. I was like, fuck you. That, that. Um, George Fat Fat was born. He, oh yeah, he, he started saying no more. You can't talk. Have spoilers on the blog because re- new readers might, or new watchers might come in, and this and that. And I feel like there was a point where he had the book done, or he could have finished it, but he was. And he's he has his right to do whatever he wants. You know, it's his life, it's his money. Mm-hmm. But come on, man, have a little compassion. People reading your shit, and I only started in two thousand five. I wish I never picked that the series up at this point. It's, it's been a decade now. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, people that have been reading it since 96. Imagine for those folks. Um, so what what do you think the main reason it takes him so long to get these books? His fingers are too fat and he keeps typing more than one key at a time. And just keeps deleting. <laughs> Hashtag fat shaming. Yeah, he has to use his, his, his penguin fingers a different way. So he's trying to figure that part out still. Um, and there's grease all over everything. Uh, but the main, main problem, my main problem was that the show, I kept saying to myself, and this is actually something I said to myself, and this is before Game of Thrones was as big as it was. And I've shared it with family members and friends, but I, I was reading his stuff and was like, I swear to God, if this show or this book magically gets done, in time for the show, I'm gonna be pissed. I gave one. I was gonna be pissed. And he then, skipped a bunch of conventions to write the book. Well, he the show was announced for 2011 or uh, early 2012, whenever it comes out. And, and then magically, right in time for the show, <laughs> his new book was released. Oh, what a coincidence! He's been writing it for seven years, and then it, or more than that, and then it magically coincides with the show, so he can bring in all those new people. Fuck you. Fuck you. Not you, in particular, the people across from me, but him. How, how is that? I don't understand how it's going to work. Is it the TV show... It's going to be spoiled like, for me, and I'm never going to be able to... I'm not going to really, truly enjoy... Because, like, people in the show have died. And right. They, and they talk about, like, I'm back, like, um, like oh, he told like he told us this certain stuff is going to happen. So it's spoiled for me. That's fucked. And some people can read stuff and be spoiled and not mine. I care. And I've been reading this guy for a decade now, and you're gonna do me dirty like that, George Martin? Wouldn't the, wouldn't the book next book be vastly different than whatever's happening on the? It's show possible, but the main not... plot points are gonna still hit. They're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so certain... I will spoil the hell out of you if the show which is goes past the books. Which is I will come to work and recap. Because yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop people from talking <laughs> about a show that they enjoy. Right. But it's like, it is my favorite fantasy series of all time, or series in general. Like that, like I've been supporting you for a long time, fatty, and your freaking diet of meat and cheese, and that's it. (laughs) He even drinks red blood to sustain himself. It's just like (laughs) he—it drives me insane. And then, and yeah, he now all of a sudden in 2015, he's gonna—he's just gonna skip all these conventions. And oh, why didn't you do that? Three years ago, while you're still writing your series. So is this going to be the greatest selling book of all time? Like, is the momentum still it's probably, there? I mean, people are gonna, or... I mean, he's getting more readers to read it, and that's great. But yeah. and those people don't mind like being spoiled by the show and then reading the book. But I don't, that's why I stopped watching the show. 
Right. But it's, I'm still going to get the big stuff. And uh, the main primary issue, um, actually, I already said that part. Well, I lost my train of thought. But it's just, it, it makes me sad because I enjoy the book so much. Oh, so when the new show comes up, or the new season, and then everyone starts talking about it again, how awesome he is, and then his fat picture starts appearing all over the internet, and I just <laughs> see him and I just rage. And all I could think about was like, I just want the new book to come out, please. But then if the new book does come out, then you'll be upset, like you just said. So no, I'll there's be no winning. No, I, I'll be able to read the next book. If it coincides with the release of the new no, season. No, any time. I just want it out. Okay. I just want it out. And at this point, like, I'm still going to read it, but I'm not going to feel the same enjoyment I would if I didn't know everything that was going to happen. It just makes me sad. It, it hurts my soul. It, it. I hope it comes out in like two weeks. <laughs> me too, <laughs> but it ain't. It probably will co coincide with the next season. Um, and then who knows when the, yeah. the, the seventh and last one's going to come out. Who knows? The show will be over by then. Yeah, and it's we'll just, know. And like I, I, I mean, talk way back when, but I told people like this is going to catch up no matter what. People are like, oh, we still got like six, seven years. Like it's not going to matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It's just it's very upsetting that I can't enjoy my like. Can you imagine if the Harry Potter movies caught it went ahead of the movies? I'm sorry, the, the books. Can you imagine that? No. Run, run rides in the street. Thank you. Run <laughs> rides in the streets. If you think Snape killed Dumbledore was bad, I went way worse. So, but J.K. Rowling can actually finish her books that she started. So, that's my um, upset nature with George R. R. Martin. In a nutshell, I've gone into much greater detail with Mr. Harris here. Uh, maybe another day I will. But, um, yeah. Fuck that guy. Love his books, though. Uh, okay, then. Yeah. yeah. Let's not in the mood. Read some emails. Uh, I think we're actually going to save some emails for next week because we're a little long. And we're still collecting a few. We, we only have one this week. So, we're going to get some more in next week. And we'll definitely finish with those. But to lighten the mood, I still love those books. They still huh. bring me joy when I read them. And I have the world of ice and fire over there, and I'm going to really delve into that, which is kind of like all-encompassing mm. of this world. It's, uh, it's a coffee there, so. table book. Yeah, exactly. So I really like them. I really like them. And I'm, I'm actually going to pick up some of these other books. Maybe I'll find a new favorite series of all time that'll, that could supplant him and bring me back to being joyful again. Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah there you go. Sure, I'm, I'm going to give that a try, but I definitely want to get uh, the um, Black Count for sure. Have you read Tower of Ice and Fire, anyone? No, read it? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, no, I and I after just having to go through. You've heard it before. Yes, I am not impressed. Yeah, I'm sure they're great books. Actually, I know that they're fantastic. They Everyone that I yeah, love they're dearly really good. Loves just, them. I just don't like the way he does. Oh, I don't like the way he does business. And uh, I don't. One time he found he found, uh, and I just think he's all money grubbing because he found uh, calendars in his uh, oh, in his right. attic that got like <laughs> that got dirty. Or, they got waterlogged mm -hmm. and they were the year before calendar he's like i found these in my attic and they have a like cool art mm -hmm. waterlogged a year later too he sold them <laughs> he wow. sold them yeah. like, <laughs> he sold them like he needs the money right I'm like that might have been before the the show but still he had a lot of money i was like i don't like you i don't like you as a person yeah but i like your books so would you say george rr R. martin gets the wank alert he absolutely gets the wankest <laughs> alert of all time <laughs> literally the world's greatest wank Wank alert, wank, wank alert, wank alert. Wank alert, wank alert. I should have said that, yeah. Oh my goodness. Of all time. But, yeah. We'll see what the future holds. Mm -hmm. I will, one day maybe we'll get him a guest on the show. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't really call him that. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, we're gonna see. Yeah, that would make for, for some week. interesting discussion. Yeah, mm. we got some more Comic Con news for next week. Angela, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, Eris, we got uh, this weekend. We got some big stuff coming up. We'll talk about more next week for the the movie. Yeah, 48 hour film project. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, look out for that, guys. Yeah, it's gonna be really film. cool. Yeah, it's gonna be really nice. We'll get more detail on that next week. But um, get some more Comic Con. But any uh, parting thoughts, anyone? Uh, just a quick plug, uh, Codex oh, Prime Podcast. If you want to send us your questions, comments to be featured in the next episode, email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. And you can catch me on the Twitter machine at Victor Omoyo, Victor O-M-O-A-Y-O, and on YouTube as well. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our boy Carl Bird who has been uh, putting in some work, getting us some, uh, some contacts out there, doing a little networking. Uh, one I met a, a really cool fellow uh, last week, uh, name of Reagan. He owns Rococo's Collectibles in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we had some pretty cool uh, superhero uh, discussions. He recommended a couple of really cool comic books that, I, uh, that I'm gonna get into here hopefully this week. Uh, and I'll be able to talk about uh, maybe next time on the, on the next episode here. Uh, so, Carl, thank you very much for putting us in contact. Uh, that, that'll come in real handy when we do the uh, the comic book episode. Uh, so, mm-hmm. shout out to Carl. Yeah. Also, I'd like to go ahead and dedicate this episode to my boy AWOL. I know he loves books so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Angela, you have to get us some contacts if you want to be the favorite guest of all time. Because Carl Bird is setting the bar pretty high. He's putting in work. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Angela. Um, all right. We're at Facebook.com slash Codex Prime. Uh, as uh, <clears throat> Vic said, uh, Twitter.com slash Codex Primecast and Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Please yeah. email us anything. We'll do another uh, question of the week or comment of the week. And um, uh, please rate, review, subscribe, download. There's so many apps out there for podcasts. Yeah, spread the word, folks. I'm sure you guys can mm-hmm. find them. But thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Later, nerds. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Oh. One thing I would, since we're a book themed episode, real quick. Peace, Vic. I would, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Support your local libraries <laughs> and yes, oh, support yes. your local bookstores. Peace <laughs> yes. out. Can't believe you never brought up the library in the entire episode till the very end. Hey, nice job squeaking that in. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Peace, y'all.